0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sip and Spin. My name is Skylar, and over here in a red dress wearing an Anna shirt underneath
1: is Brittany. Hello! We are a variety podcast where we talk about anything, everything, and nothing. There may be some sound interference
0: today. We're recording in a different spot because where we usually record, the cushions are... Uh, <laughs> Not available. Um, So we had to pick a new spot to record. Um, So there may be some weird sounds in the background, specifically some dog chewing on bone sounds, and maybe the little pitter patter of
1: paws. Yeah, we're in my dining room, so it's a little (laughs) echoey. And also, I have animals, and they lose their minds when people are here. And Skylar is a people, so even though they've met me, God knows how many times now, (laughs) they're, they're all touch starved, I don't know. They're crazy. So, sorry for any sounds, but we're gonna roll with it. Yeah, we're gonna
0: troop right through. Power through it. Be a trooper. Be a trooper. Power through it, be a trooper. There you go. where I was going. Didn't quite get there, but it was where I was going. Gotcha. So, how are you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, work has been a lot recently. Um, And also, I've been like low-key dying all week because it's allergy season, so hey, um, that's why I also sound a little more gravelly today is because I'm still dealing with allergies and stuff, but I have some hot toddies. For legal reasons, Uh, I did not slip a hot toddy into work. But for non-legal reasons, I totally did. <laughs> <laughs> do what you gotta do. It was like less than an ounce, though. It wasn't gonna do anything. It was just to kind of help the... Yeah. More for the feeling than it was for alcohol. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. It'd be alright. If I start coughing, though. Sorry about it. I, I cover my mouth, though, so it's chill. But
1: Anything exciting going on? Personally?
0: Um, there is one thing. Emily... And Ren and I all made it official last Sunday. Um, we're still not exclusive, but we are official. I have two official
1: partners. I'm no longer single. Cute, look at you. <laughs> no longer single. Who'd have thought? I know. <laughs> Cute though. Good.
0: But I think it eases my fear of commitment since it's still not exclusive. Because I'm not interested in anyone else but the. the liberty of being non-exclusive is not like as much of a stressor for me as like a committed like exclusive relationship so but even though it's basically an exclusive committed relationship because I have no one else I'm interested in but the idea is still there So, so Anyways, yeah,
1: no longer a single. Yay! What are we talking about today? <laughs> we're talking about music. Ooh. We say we, but I feel like Skylar might be talking most. Okay. <laughs> legit totally
0: forgot we were recording today until 10.30 this morning. Did not have a segment ready. Did not even have an idea of what I wanted to do because legit forgot we were recording today until 1030 this morning. I was like fuck <laughs> so somehow i got 20 21 pages of notes out of that for reference my gabriel fernandez uh segment was 17 pages my special bonus episode on given was 20 pages that's what we're looking at <laughs> all right well what are we drinking we are drinking a red wine. Um, Brittany is the one who picked it out. It is one of the Boda boxes, and I enjoyed the last Vodabox, uh, but this one I am significantly less excited about because I absolutely hate Merlot. <laughs> so we will be drinking more uh, Boda Box Merlot. Uh, no hate to Boda Box, just I hate Merlot. <laughs> it's so nasty. Yeah,
1: you're not going to like it. No,
0: this is like the driest probably <laughs> that I've ever had and I despise every second of it so this will be fun. It's
1: just what I had on hand.
0: <laughs> this is so bad. I'm sure after I drink quite a bit of it uh, it'll start tasting.
1: <laughs> tasting.
0: But then again the ghost eater from episode one.
1: That one was bad.
0: That one was really bad. I don't even, I don't think it ever got better. Even though we had two bottles. Yep. No, 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 no. How was your week? Has anything exciting happened, or how was your past two weeks?
1: Uh, no, yeah, I've been good. I beat all three Mass Effect games in like three days. Oh. So that was an emotional ordeal. And then right around the same time, we watched Midnight Mass, which was really good new show on Netflix, mm-hmm. and it also made me cry like a baby at the end. And I was like, This is a great day. I'm just crying all day. <laughs> And then we went on a double date recently, which was fun. It was strangers; I didn't know either of them, so that was stressful. For Did me. Richard know them, or he knows the guy? Mm-hmm. They've been like hanging out, and so we went on a double date with them. Oh, I joined the rest of the world, and we started Squid Games. I'm not completed it though. We still have to finish it.
0: See, i I've, I've seen a lot of. A lot about it but i it's i can already tell it's not for me like it's not gonna be something i will enjoy but like more power to the people who are enjoying it but like i just know i know myself i won't
1: like it <laughs> that's fair any final thoughts i don't think so let's get into it all right and mine is definitely not as long because i was worried i thought mine was gonna be long because i rambled a lot more than I meant to, but mine's only seven pages. Oh, nice. But so, <laughs> so I even rushed it towards the end, so if at the beginning it's, like, really, like, detailed and thought out, but at the end I'm just like, and this was this, and this was this, it's because I was like, I need to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But I also waited until today to do mine, <laughs> and I did not know what I was going to do either, but I was like, I'm going to do something for the season. Okay. Since it's the, like spooky season, it's chilly, mm-hmm. it's fallout boy, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing fallout boy, I am not <laughs> No you're not. No I'm not. <laughs> so <laughs> but I'm excited, let's do it. And then fallout boy. I'm fallout boy here. I'm assuming mm. most people probably know a lot of this information, but strap drop in. We're gonna just get s- nostalgic. So. Fall Out Boy is an American rock band. They formed in a suburb of Chicago in 2001.
0: Oh. Ah, twenty years ago. Why did I think they were on the East Coast?
1: No, no, they're Chicago boys.
0: All Time Low is the East Coast.
1: Mm. But yeah, I was, I was nine mm. when they formed. <laughs> I was two. Oh, it's it's very two funny. years old. Huh? Yeah, I, I know. Child. <laughs> Little baby. <laughs> But was made up of four members, they are Patrick Stump, who is the lead vocalist and rhythm guitarist, Pete Wentz is the bassist, Joe Troman is lead guitarist, and Andy Hurley is drummer. Mm. They started off in Chicago's hardcore punk scene. All members were into that at one point or another individually, and then that's kind of how they got to know each other. Pete was a... um, Quote, visible fixture in the Chicago punk scene at the time. He performed in a bunch of different groups. Um, I'm going to list them. I don't really know any of these because I was never really into hardcore punk. Mm-hmm. But if you know any of these, Pete went to Zoom in at some point. Birthright, Extinction, Firstborn, Arma Angulus, and Race Trader. Oh. So those are some... Hardcore pop punk bands or whatever, if you're interested. But he was growing dissatisfied with the changing of the punk community. He viewed it as a transition from political activism to an emphasis on moshing and breakdowns. Which it kind of was what it was got to. And he just wasn't really into that. Being that he was growing dissatisfied, Pete and Joe started a band as like a side project. Wait, I can't read. Pete and Joe started (laughs) started the band as a pop punk side project Mm -hmm. of their respective hardcore bands and it was just kind of intended to be something easy and a way to escape from them from this hardcore punk scene that they were both kind of like not really sure they liked where it was going yeah so they were like oh let's just work together on something on the side you know something easy at this time patrick strump was a drummer for a grindcore band called grinding process and a few other bands that just never really went anywhere. <laughs> but yes, grinding process. And it's, and it's X, grinding process X. Like, it ends and starts with a capital X also. <laughs> so take that as you will. That's an OnlyFans app. How <laughs> would like you know good OnlyFans app? So yeah, so he was drumming with a different band at the time, and then Joe met Patrick at a Borders bookstore. Fun. Joe was discussing Neurosis, which was a metal band, with a friend, and then Patrick, like, overheard them talking and interrupt them to correct the classification of the band. So he just, like, inserts himself, like, well, actually, <laughs> and then... I would've punched him in the face. <laughs> But eventually the conversation shifted to talking about Joe and Pete's new side project mm-hmm. that they were working on. Upon hearing about it, Patrick thought this would be a good opportunity to play with a local hardcore celebrity. Cause He's heard of Pete like because at the time he was a big fixture mm-hmm. and being in that Patrick's like "Ooh, this is a good opportunity to get to know Pete Wentz who I like and is kind of a celebrity. So he directed Joe to his MP3 page which had some recordings of him doing like vocals with acoustic guitar. Patrick originally intended to try out for the drummer of the group. like He was just going to be the drummer because that's what he does in bands but Joe, upon hearing the MP3 urged him to try out with a guitar and be like, no, you should sing and play with the guitar and audition that way. And he ended up really impressing Joe and Pete and that is how he became the vocalist. Nice. So he wasn't even going to be the vocalist but. <laughs> Can you imagine Fall Boy without Patrick Sound as a vocalist? Yeah, that would be wild. Pete wanted his race trader bandmate, Andy Hurley, to join as the drummer, but at the time, Andy was uninterested and just too busy. So he was like, nah, no thanks, I'll pass. And they're like, all right. So they ended up cycling through a few different drummers for a good little bit in the beginning, as well as rhythm guitar. Because at this point, Patrick is just singing. Yeah. He's not even playing guitar, which is also weird. Their first public performance was in a cafeteria at DuPaul University. The performance was described as goofy and bad, <laughs> in retrospect by the members. So, but Joe was really making an active effort to make the band work. So, like, Aww. Joe was the one putting in all the elbow grease. Like, this yeah. was his project, basically. He was like, listen, I know it sucks, but this is, we <laughs> all gotta start somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do this. Pete and Patrick argued a lot over the band name. Pete wanted something verbose or tongue-in-cheek, and Patrick wanted to reference Tom Waits. <laughs> they just thought a lot about that. They can't see it, But I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they ended up creating a short list of names. Fallout Boy, um, which was a fictional character from The Simpsons, and Bongo Comics was among the list of potential names. And then they had friends vote on the name.
0: I didn't realize that Fallout Boy was from The Simpsons. He's
1: mm-hmm, character in How Simpsons? does they
0: not get copyrighted for that? I don't know. Okay. Can I remember they just were like, yeah. Because I don't come like- on the show sometimes. <laughs> Catfish and the Bottleman, that when they found the guy who was playing the bottles and called himself the Bottleman, and he looked like catfish, and then they took that, and they was so worry, worried about him suing them, because they kind of totally took his, like, name. Yeah. So I was, but then he was like, no, it's an honor. But that's why I was like, wondering, I was like, how did that not, like, come up?
1: I don't know, I guess just because it's a name of a, okay I mean, I don't know, you can't, if you had the same name as someone, you can't really like, sue them. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I really don't know. Honestly, maybe Simpsons are just like, eh, we don't care. We got plenty of money. No, <laughs> yeah, we're the Simpsons. We don't care. It's not hurting us. <laughs> At their second performance, Pete introduced the band under a name that Patrick recalls as "quote very long," which is very like. Have you seen the title of their songs? Yeah, I'm like that's very Hollywood <laughs> esque. <laughs> and apparently, an audience member yelled out. Fuck that, no, you're Fallout Boy. And later in the show, the other group that they were opening for credited them under Fallout Boy again, also. Mm-hmm. And they all kind of looked up to that group that they were opening for. And Joe and Patrick were both really big Simpsons fans, so they were just like, all right, I guess we're Fallout Boy. That person in the crowd has spoken. <laughs> Thank you, that person in the crowd. I like, Can you imagine being that person that named Fallout Boy? Like, no, fuck that, Fallout Boy. I would mm-hmm. never forget. An icon. Forget. <laughs> an icon, truly. Really.
0: It's like, you know, in college when you have to, what's your name, what's your main favorite? what interesting fact about you. Yeah. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like, that's the lie. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you.
1: <laughs> they recorded their first cassette tape demo in a friend's basement. So that's just like a little fun fact. A cassette tape? A Cassette tape. In 2001. Yep. Hi. Punk scene. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they had CDs. And it was all like, they could afford and like, have access. Yeah. Like They were just doing it on their own. They weren't in an actual like, recording studio. Yeah. Uh, at this point, more members are still going in and out. Different drummers and different rhythm guitarists. Mm-hmm. At this point, Patrick is said that he was just kind of feeling uninterested in the group. He didn't really think it was going to go anywhere. But Pete apparently viewed it as the thing that would make him famous. Like... He was invested, he had a clear Mm -hmm. vision, and he was quote, singularly focused on taking things to the next level. So at this point, they're like doing shows, they have like a cassette tape demo, and even though they still don't have a set drummer or rhythm guitarist, they're like, no, this could be something. Mm -hmm. So he decides to like put it in the work. He promoted the band heavily on social media and like he started doing the elbow grease now. Uprising Records got word of the demo and wanted to release an album with the band but at this point they had only written three songs so they attempted to put together a collection of songs in two days and recorded them as Fallout Boy's Evening Out with Your Girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So two days to write a bunch of songs. That
0: is nerve-wracking <laughs> and I can't imagine they were very good
1: they were not. (laughs) It was a rushed recording experience and the underdeveloped songs left the band pretty dissatisfied and they were not happy. Yeah, Uh, that would check out after a a two-day putting everything together. Yeah. When they set off to Wisconsin to record three songs for a possible split seven inch with um, 504 plan, why Wisconsin? Huh? Does Wisconsin have a heavy music scene? Uh, Wisconsin, I think, is, from what I can tell, they, it's where they always went to record. So I'm guessing maybe it was just an accessible recording studio for mm-hmm. them. I was like, is Because Chicago's probably too big time at this point. Yeah. I just, I felt like Wisconsin doesn't
0: have a very heavy music scene. I'm
1: not sure, but it could have been, like, a lot of their stuff is so they know someone who knows mm-hmm. someone type of thing. Like I said, being small, they probably had to go to like a smaller studio yeah. in Wisconsin, that would make sense. I'm just guessing. I don't really know for sure. People don't take that as words. But when they go record, they usually do go to Wisconsin oh, throughout. Yeah. So yeah, so they set off to Wisconsin to record three songs for uh, a possible split 7-inch track or like vinyl with 504 Plan. An engineer there suggested that they record the three songs with Andy Hurley, who was recording an EP with his new group, The Kill Pill, in Chicago. Even though he was doing that the same day, he still raced to Wisconsin to drum for Fall Out Boy. Aww. <laughs> A good guy. And they, like I said, he was friends with Pete. Yeah, I
0: was like, they, they're my friends. I'm not gonna join their band, <laughs> But they're my friends. <laughs> they well.
1: help. I'll do
0: it. I'll drop everything <laughs> and
1: run over there. It's like, man, just be it. Be the drummer. Come on, Andy. <laughs> so of this particular recording, Pete is quoted as saying, It was still a film thing, but when Andy sat in, it just felt different. It was one of those aha moments. Aww. So, cute. It is. It's we love to see it. it. We love to see it. From that they ended up booking a two week tour with Spinal Field, but their regular drummer couldn't get time off of work. Did you say Spinal Field? Spital. Field. I, don't I don't know. I
0: thought, yeah, I don't know about spinal, but I thought you yeah. said spinal field. I was like, mm, unless I why? typed
1: it wrong, which I could, I have S P I T A L field.
0: Okay, I don't know what that means, but yeah, I just I just a different heard, group that they went out for with. Yeah, I just definitely heard spinal, and I was like, what?
1: And that could <laughs> be a band too, for all I know. Yeah,
0: a uh, spinal field. If you're listening, <laughs> sorry, I'm confused.
1: <laughs> if not, TM it's our band Band.
0: yeah we'll start a band
1: called spinal field (laughs) this is our backup chewer
0: have you seen that that meme that's like uh your band name is your favorite fruit um and then the reason why you were kept awake at night and i'm like peach insomnia that's actually a banger band name (laughs) yeah
1: it's pretty good so yes they end up booking a two-week tour with spinal field or possibly spinal field uh, but their regular drummer couldn't get time off of work, and the other ones kept quitting before the tour would kick off. And they ended up kicking out their guitarist because the group, quote, had all gotten sick of him. So they're about to go on tour, and then they're just, their drummer's like, I can't get off work, and the, all the other drummers just kept quitting, and then their guitarist, they're like, of this guy. <laughs> they all kicked him out. So I feel at work right now. Going great. <laughs> the band invited Andy to fill in once more, and then Patrick borrowed a guitar from Joe to just, just do that himself, and that is how Patrick became the rhythm guitarist. Mm-hmm. Just because they kicked their one out and they were like, Well, I'll step up and do it. So from it's this point enormous. on, he is now the rhythm guitarist. We love that. <laughs> and then Andy filled in again because he's a bro. Most shows of the tour, though, were cancelled, but they played any show possible that they could in the two weeks. Or baby. <laughs> I, know. Yeah. So, I think, and I, read, I didn't put it in, but I read it, and like Pete was just like, kind of people it was like, just let us play, like, you can pay us some pizza, like, we just want to play. Like, they weren't even getting paid, and they just Aww. wanted to tour. So I was like, ugh. Oh my heart (laughs) baby as the tour concluded the general consensus was that andy would be the dance new drummer and they began to workshop their three songs from the unreleased demo as a foursome
0: i'm assuming andy agreed to it other than
1: (laughs) (laughs) everyone was just like no you're here now (laughs)
0: because he's very hesitant and he was like no i don't have the time i'm just helping and then they were like uh no you're in now you can't leave (laughs) who's to say (laughs) But I I like to think he chose. Handy Andy Hurley, uh, (laughs) let us know. Did you agree to it,
1: or did they just kind of, like, not let you leave? (laughs) Blink your eyes if you need help. (laughs) They set their sights on getting signed to a record label now. That was their new goal. Um, They went back to the recording studio to record several more tracks to create label interest. During this process... Pete felt, quote, in the backseat in the writing um, of the songs process and temporarily questioned his place in the group and if he should even be a part of it because he was like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. I feel like I'm not a part of this. That makes me sad. I know. There's a lot of sadness coming in (laughs) this. Patrick refused this line of thinking and he said, quote, No, that's not fair. Don't leave me with this ban. Don't make me kind of like this ban and then leave it. That's bullshit. End quote. I'm going to (laughs) cry. I'm like, yes, Patrick. (laughs) You tell him. He's not allowed to leave. Don't make me like this band and leave it. I was just like, oh, Patrick. they like joined works, because of Pete. That, like, hits
0: my heart. Like,
1: wow. They're all so cute. And, like, they go through a lot. But they're all such good friends. I love it so much. I love Boy. John Janik of Fueled by Ramen had heard an early version of the song of a song online and cold called the band members, which is not something record labels usually do, so no. it was like And oh. feel by Ramen is like a really big like in the Now, this is early Field by Ramen. Oh. So they're kinda gonna Jumpstart them. But yeah, so Fueled by Ramen contacted them, and then after this, Rob Stevenson from Island Records, which is who they were wanting to work with, was mm-hmm. Island Records, eventually offered the band an incubator sort of deal. So what they offered them is that they gave the band money to sign with Fueled by Ramen for mm-hmm. their one-off debut album. So like, get them their first album, they are like, we're going to give you this money, sign with Fueled by Ramen do an album, knowing that they could upstream the band to radio on the sophomore record. So they're like, do your grungy look like Fueled by Ramen pop punk album, Mm -hmm. but then with your sophomore album, depending on how it goes, will make you more radio playable. So Fueled by Ramen at the time would effectively release the group's debut album and help build up the band's fan base before the band moved to Island Records. So that was like the deal.
0: Okay, yeah, because like fueled by ramen, you see them everywhere with like pop Pop, oh, like yeah. You see him with Pierce the Veil, Sleeping the Sirens, Fall Out Boy, All Time Low, yeah.
1: and most likely horizon. Like and most likely it's due to Fall Out Boy because mm-hmm. they just he just happened to reach out to him like hey I like your sound, you want to sign and they're like sure yeah <laughs> but only because we want to sign to this other place <laughs> poor fueled by ramen. I think they're doing fine. Yeah, they're good now.
0: They chillin'.
1: So yes, they ended up back at the recording studio and recorded seven new songs in nine days in addition to their original three. They re-recorded them as well. So they did a lot quick
0: and rushed. Yeah, I'm
1: like, seven days is better than two, but it's still <laughs> not great. <laughs> Pete took lyrics extremely seriously in extremely seriously mm-hmm. in contrast to Patrick who had been the group's primary lyricist up to this point but he was a little more like laid back he didn't really care about the lyrics they argued a lot about it during this recording session and it eventually led to Pete writing the lyrics and Patrick writing the melodies like they figured like, that's kind of what works
0: Especially since you know Pete was questioning because he didn't get to do a lot of the writing. It's like now that's his thing. Yeah, like good, and he's good at it. Yeah, he <laughs> so. really fucking is. He is so—he's a talented motherfucker.
1: Yeah, they—they they all are. Honestly, they all—they all grow into their persons. Their debut album, *Take This to Your Grave*, was released by Fueled by Ramen in May 2003. This album became an underground success, and it helped them get a really dedicated fan base. They did a lot of heavy touring for this album as well, in like low-key shows. It's like underground Mm -hmm. scene. *Take This to Your Grave* has commonly been cited as an influential blueprint for pop punk music in the 2000s, which makes complete sense. Shows began to end in a near riot, and the group were banned from several venues because the entire crowd would end up on stage with them, and the venues were like, nah, you can't come back. <laughs> but people were just so into it. <laughs> the band gained a lot of positive reviews from various gigs. They played at South by Southwest and various other things after this first album. They joined Warp Tour for five dates in the summer of 2004 as well. Nice. Also, which back in then, Warp Tour, big deal. On one of these mm-hmm. dates, though, they only got to perform three songs before the stage collapsed due to the large crowd that <laughs> accumulated for fallout. Fall. <laughs> they appeared on the cover of the August 2001 edition of alternative press at this time it's so really they're just like going fast that mm. and early after like I said, a rushed recording and writing process and then the first album they're like here's all this stuff listening stations at hot topic the album will 2,000 to 3 thousand copies per week by Christmas of 2004 at which point the label considered the band tipping into mainstream success mm. so by Christmas they were like yeah we're all this topic. They're, they're, yeah, they're we're going to sure. call this a success <laughs> from some unknown kids in Chicago. Uh, the band just kept getting lots of praise, and multiple media outlets were calling them "quote the next big thing." They released the acoustic EP "My Heart Will Always Be the B Side to My Tongue," and this was the band's first entry on the Billboard 200 at number one fifty-three. Cool. They then went to California to begin recording their next album. This recording was much more gradual than the previous, like they had more time <laughs> to work on it. It was the first record in which Patrick created all the music and Pete wrote every single lyric. This method seemed to be really smooth for the group. Every member was kind of focused on their individual strengths and it worked really well. Even though it was very natural and fun for them during the writing process, They did have a lot of difficulty creating the desired sound for the album, and they were constantly scrapping material. Mm -hmm. Two weeks before the recording session began, the group abandoned 10 songs and wrote eight new ones this is like stressing
0: me out i mean i know i'm a procrastinator legit did 21 pages of notes uh today so like i get it but at the same time
1: it's like stressing me the fuck out <laughs> and one of those eight new songs that they just happened to oh. think was sugar we're going down <gasps> so it paid off
0: <laughs> so that was that Patreon bonus of me and Brittany getting, uh, being really drunk and sitting on her couch uh, fucking jamming to this song. It happens a lot so in house. Legit, I still have the videos from that <laughs> so That'll be our Patreon bonus. It's our drunk music video night. Yes.
1: So that was. Nice, but now a little bit of trigger warning for this next part. So in February 2005, the band had a pretty big setback. Pete had an emotional breakdown that ended in a suicide attempt. He had withdrawn from the group, his condition was only apparent through his lyrics, and he had also become obsessed with the recent Indian tsunami and his own self-doubt. So he was just kind of spiraling emotionally. Mm -hmm. He swallowed a handful of anxiety pills in a Chicago Best Buy parking lot. He was rushed to the hospital where his stomach was pumped. And then afterwards he moved back home to live with his parents. Looking back on it now, Pete says, quote, it is particularly overwhelming when you're on the cusp of doing something very big and thinking that it will be a big flop. That happened in February when they were just about to like release their second album. So they got pushed back obviously for health reasons then in may 2005 from under the cork tree was released it debuted and peaked at number nine on the billboard 200 and this album remains one of my all-time favorite albums ever because it's so fucking good -hmm. Uh, sugar we're going down reached number eight on the us billboard 100 in september 2005 dance dance the second single also topped uh 10 was in the top 10 in the u.s it was certified three times platinum in 2014. The record was really successful and rocketed them to stardom among teenagers in North America. <laughs> Me. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those teenagers. This album led to their first arena tour and that had them playing to 10,000 people per night. Oh. So, it really blew them up because... It's a fucking good album. The album also earned them a Grammy nomination for Best New Artist. Um, It has sold over 2.7 million copies in the U.S. Sugar, We're Going Down, also won them an MTV Music Video Award. And then in the wake of all the success, Pete became the most publicly visible member of the band, so that's why I was saying like he's probably a lot of people's mm-hmm. favorite. It's just because you saw him the most. Yeah. And, like, he was very recognizable. He was always like, they said that he was pretty much the like extrovert of the group, so mm-hmm. he was always putting himself out there. So I'm just a whore for a good bassist. <laughs> the tattoos, and God, <laughs> fuck. He's so hot. <laughs> He told the press of his suicide attempt also like he wasn't secretive about that so he was always out there talking about that He had new photos, of course, that surfaced of him on the internet in 2006 that also got him a lot of attention. He also had his own clothing line come out around this time, his own record label, which was an extension of Fueled by Ramen, so Mm -hmm. that's also why they became really popular is because Pete helped do a line with them. Uh, And of course, he had a very public and out there relationship with Ashley Simpson, and that led to the two of them being a tabloid fixture almost in every cover story for a long time there. And then
0: you've got the 2008 picture of Bruno Mars seeing Pete Wentz and, like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Same. <laughs> so, yeah, he was definitely the face of the band, yeah. basically. And I do love them all, but Pete was definitely my first crush when I was, I definitely had posters of Pete Wentz on my wall. Yeah, Pete Wentz. I love Fall Out Boy, but, yeah, Pete Wentz,
0: he's, he's my face.
1: But they would not be followed by without any of them. No, so. they seriously wouldn't. Like. Like, and they put the work in. After all the touring they did, they took a two-month break, which deserved, because they did a lot quick mm-hmm. in those years. And then they went right back to the studio to record their third album. So they were just right back in it. They wrote the songs during the tour because they wanted to release it really quickly to kind of keep up the momentum of From Under the Cork Tree. Mm-hmm. They didn't want people to, like, forget. I think they're like a one-off, whatever. Uh, they released Infinity on High in early 2007. Mm-hmm. This album marked a departure from the strictly pop-punk sound they've been doing, and it showcased a, de- a diverse array of musical styles including funk, R&B, and flamenco. They were playing around, finally. Mm-hmm. Infinity on High's first week was a major success. It debuted at number one on the U.S. Billboard 200 and inside the top five worldwide. Hey. So, did really good for them. This album had singles that consisted of The Carpal Tunnel of Love, This Ain't a Scene, It's an Arms Race, and Thanks for the Memories. All great songs. All great songs. All bangers. Honestly, i put in any Boy album and I just listen to it from top to bottom. <laughs> I love all just bangers. They then went on to Headlight like more tours, so it's it's constantly writing, recording, tour. Writing, yeah. recording, tour. Like, they don't stop. <laughs> when it was time to record their fourth album, they decided to keep the publicity down because they were really taken aback by the press surrounding the recording of In on High. Like, they weren't expecting people to be as invested.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I guess they got so much attention that it just, like, kind of, like, struck them a little bit, so they were a little more key with the fourth one. Uh, recording the fourth album was difficult for the band, though. Patrick called the making of this album, quote, painful, saying that him and Pete quarreled a lot over different things. Quote, I threw something across the room over a major to minor progression. It was tense. Like so, they're just getting like annoyed at yeah. all the little stuff, which they had a lot of pressure on them. On previous albums, Joe felt that he and Andy did not have enough musical freedom, and that Pete and Patrick exerted too much control over the group. "Quote: I felt, man, this really isn't my band anymore. It's no one's fault, and I don't want to make it seem that way. It was more of a complex I developed based on stuff I was reading." It's hard to hear, Joe and Andy are just along for the ride. You said it would be. Yeah, especially reading stuff about that. Like when you know if you list like go back to the beginning, Joe was one of the main creators of this band and he like pushed them. yeah. Yeah their first shows and stuff so like yeah that would suck to be like i just kind of got pushed out of my own band basically by the fans and like he was mm-hmm. like I oh, know, it's no one's fault like yeah just how it happened so to amend this joe sat down with patrick to talk about his concerns and this led to more collaboration on the fourth album quote it made me feel like i own the songs a lot more it made me really excited about contributing to fallout boy and made me find my role in the band just like I just love that they just talk to each other like, hey, I'm feeling really down and I just wanna be more involved and they're like, Yeah, it's great. I love them. <laughs> they're so cute together.
0: My heart. They're just
1: <laughs> friends. I'm like, yes, yeah, just communicate your feelings, people. If Fallout Boy can do it, you can do it. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's coming from the Aquarius, so don't take it to
0: to What
1: Well, you do was released in December two thousand eight, and it did not do as well as the previous albums. But at the time, we you I
0: feel like Phobia is like one of the bigger ones now, isn't it? Though
1: possibly now, but it like you'll see what happens. It was album.
0: when it came out yeah and for a lot of reasons um that's like pentagon with shine like when it's like their most popular song now but when it first came out no one was like everyone was like
1: yeah yeah and like and i when i say i just i used because i when i had my car i didn't i had a janky old car and it didn't have like bluetooth or anything so i own cds like mm-hmm. all through high school all through college and so i would put in the fallout CDs because i'd buy them all on release and I would listen to them from top to bottom on repeat and fully Do is no different. Like I liked this album. A lot of people hate on this album. Hmm. And so but What's also the title I'm, track. Here, I can Google it real quick. Just, there, I just go to my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, I liked this album. It had good stuff. Oh, I Don't Care was the title on that one. Oh. Yeah, this one also so, had... How many listens does that album have? Does it telling you for people? Oh, I guess
0: it doesn't for individual albums. But yeah, and it
1: has like America's Sweetheart, She's My Winona. Like, I liked a lot of these, all of these songs. Want to Catch a Donnie, was a great song. 27, Tiffany Blues. I like this album. Mm-hmm. It did not do well. But also at the time when they released this album, they... We're kind of boned from the start because at this time of its release, the music industry was changing majorly. So record sales were declining. This is kind of when people switch to that digital, like yeah, the iPods iPod and stuff. Yeah,
0: because this was what 2008. Yes. 2009. 2009. Yeah.
1: So it was already rocky in the industry. Yeah. That was a big musical shift. Yes, and there was also no good outlet for music videos to be released. Like they used to be a big deal on like MTV and VH1. When someone put out a music video, it would be a whole like release watch party, Mm -hmm. which you might be too young for even that. But I grew up watching my music videos on MTV and like Fuse, and they just played like Fall Out Boy had a station on Fuse. But that was kind of over at this point too because YouTube was getting bigger. Mm -hmm. So that was another setback
0: my big thing i started watching music videos on youtube actually i think the first really well because when i was younger i didn't have my own music taste because i had what my parents listened to was my music taste and that was a lot of like cm1 because country music was big in my house and i hate country music oh i mean
1: same (laughs) from kentucky But, yeah.
0: Yeah, we're from Kentucky, so country music is big and all. But, so growing up, that's what we would watch. We'd like the CM1 or the CMT for um, country music. And when my dad would watch uh, VH1, I wasn't allowed to watch it because it was too grown up
1: for me. (laughs) See, my mom, she was was definitely into country. But my mom's, honestly, my mom's favorite music is 80s rock. So I grew up listening to that. And we had VH1 and CMT Mm -hmm. or whatever on TV all the time. And she was like, this this was a cool music video talking about the VH1 videos. I could videos. only listen
0: to like rock music, um, like eighties rock or nineties rock. We could only listen to them in the car because mom didn't like it, so we didn't get gotcha. to see the music videos because we could only listen to it in the car because mom didn't appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't allowed to have it playing because my mom hates it. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. but I, I was, was lucky there. <laughs> it was like, it's like I could listen to the car. and would be like, hey, Jesus is okay with it, but don't tell mom. <laughs>
1: okay well, there's the title of the episode yeah. that's a plot voice song right there that's uh,
0: i was gonna make something about my sexuality but we'll let it drop no come on, come on. i was like that's that's a, being lesbian it's like jesus is okay with them but don't tell them put
1: that on sure. a shirt little pride flag yeah jesus is okay with it but don't tell them <laughs> That would actually be a cute shirt. TM, TM, TM.
0: TM, yes, TM. I'd actually love to make that.
1: i No one else takes take that because I I love this, actually. <laughs> like, for real. We have the proof if you steal <laughs> it. So, yeah, they were already bound um, because all of all that with the music industry. But then also at this time in 2008, the US was going into an economic crisis. Yeah, yeah, it was. So. Everything kind of sucked to release an album. To promote the album, they went on a tour in US and Canada though, they were still trying. Uh, the constant touring schedule became difficult for the band due to the conflicting fan opinion regarding this album. Mm -hmm. People at shows would boo the band for performing songs from that album. Like, they hated it so much. They booed them. Like, don't do that. They paid money to go to this band that they like, and then when they played songs from the album that they were promoting, they had the audacity to boo them. Yeah, don't ever do that. Like, I... makes me so mad sometimes fans are the worst sometimes
0: hey i went to an nct concert and there was a song there nct 127 concert there's a song that they performed that i didn't like but what was i doing i was singing every word and jamming and having a good time because that's what you do at fucking concerts don't boo
1: yes and you're most likely not going to love every single song from your favorite artist like it's just just not not possible but the music is it's a creative outlet and let them try new and different things yeah it's just I'm just ugh. I'm so mad
0: that's shitty that sucks don't do that that's just it's a good way in to the make
1: chorus. your band end yeah like, that's
0: just indecorous <laughs> and impolite and uh do,
1: like, do better yeah <laughs> if only I mean yeah, it's in the past so I can't really for future reference <laughs> if that happens again do fucking don't better do that <laughs> And, like, of the whole experience, Joe was quoted as as saying, some of us were miserable on stage, others were just drunk. So at this point, they were just like, what do you not even want to be doing this fucking tour? Which is, like, heartbreaking, because they love the band so much. A Greatest Hits compilation was released in the fall, and following these events, the band decided to take a break. Which, can't blame them, Yeah, deserved they deserve a break. <laughs> The decision stems from disillusionment. Disillusionment. Gosh with the music industry and patrick says quote we found ourselves running on fumes a little bit creatively and probably asked people to. and so when he realized that the band was desperate to take a break patrick just kind of sat them all down and explained that a hiatus was in order if the band wanted to continue in the future Mm -hmm. he's like look we've got to do this if we want to continue on if we don't take a break we're all gonna end up quitting And like rumors and lies kind of led to confusion as to what the break truly meant like with the public people were like oh they've broken out like it just people bit into it and twisted everything yeah
0: like hey if your artist says they're taking a break uh just trust them that they're taking a break yeah they'll let you know if they're gonna quit <laughs> my group let us know when they were gonna quit so like yeah. they'll let you
1: know Pete preferred to not refer to the break as a hiatus, and he instead explained that the band was just decompressing. So that's how he chose to go about it. They played their last show at Madison Square Garden on October 4th, 2009. Near the end of the show, Blink-182's Mark Hoppus shaved Pete's head, a move that Rolling Stone would later describe as, quote, a symbolic cleansing of the past, but also the beginning of a very dark chapter for the band. There's that. (laughs) Okay.
0: I'm sure Mark was just like goofing around. Mark usually is goofing around. Mark
1: Hoppus always be goofing.
0: Like Mark Hoppus doesn't do anything like (laughs) prophesizing anything. He just (laughs) does things. Have you met Mark Hoppus? (laughs) like that man. Burlington Do you know Mark Hoppus? (laughs) Like he does nothing but vibe. (laughs) (laughs) He is made of vibes alone. That is all he
1: is. He is just legit out there having a good time.
0: That's all Mark Hoppus is about, is having a good time. But okay, Rolling Stone, you can make it deep if you want. Yeah, try to make it ominous. (laughs) (laughs) Because Mark was not making it ominous. Mark was literally just, he's here for a good time, not a long time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Which, I mean, some ominous stuff is about to happen. Yeah. So,
0: let's talk about
1: it. When the break began... Did they say that before or after the ominous stuff? I don't know, honestly. Because if the
0: know. Rolling Stones said it after the ominous stuff, they were just
1: trying to make something Yeah, out. it very well could have been after. Because <laughs> how would they know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when the break began, Patrick loathed the band's image as an emo band, and he was dealing with a lot of personal health and, like, image things that mm-hmm. fans, you know, of course, fans can suck. So that was what he went into the break as. Andy, quote, went through the darkest depression I've ever felt. I looked at my calendar and it was just empty. So that was the, like, not having all this constant tour schedule mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So it just led him into a deep depression. Pete, who had been abusing Xanax and Clothin, was divorced by Ashley Simpson. He returned to therapy. Um, so during all, like, he was in a bad place. But he ended up going back to therapy. He was previously known as the, quote, overexposed, despised leader of the band. But during the break, he just simply decided to grow up. He was like, you know what? No. So he shared custody of his son and he embraced his maturity. Quote, there was a jump cut in my life and I started thinking, like, being old would be cool. So he finally decided, like, I was at the deepest, darkest point. And right when we did, went into this and like I got my wife divorced me because I was abusing all these drugs and he has a son and he finally was like no I'm gonna grow the fuck up and then this is like the Pete Wentz turning chapter and we love that for him yes so yes I'm just happy Pete Wentz is happy <laughs> yeah because I was, I was there for a while uh, during the hiatus all the members pursued individual musical interests they were all kind of met with varying degrees of failure, they said. Like, it was just something to feel, like, the void, kind of. Yeah. But it never really went anywhere.
0: Um, I mean, when people love, because Fall Out Boy, all of them, you can tell that music
1: is what they're about. Yeah, that's what they were so doing before Fall Out Boy, too. Like, so to take,
0: to take a break... I mean of course you put a musician and take him away from his music scene or their music scene they're gonna make music yeah. it may not be
1: the music that they were making before but they're gonna they are not gonna put down music right it's like they were exhausted and they needed a break mm-hmm. but even having the break with nothing to do in that vein sent Andy into depression like you can be drained and tired of something but if you still love it you're gonna find a way to like do mm-hmm. it still and so it's good that they like even if their solo things and just didn't take off.
0: It's good for them to just you know have an outlet, have an outlet yeah. because and have their passion
1: still without all the pressure from being fallout Out Boy. Of all the four of them, Patrick was the only one to take on a solo project. He wrote, produced, and played every instrument for all of the tracks on his album Soul Punk. So He mm-hmm. actually went and made a solo album.
0: Okay, see, I wasn't even thinking in that vein. I was just like creating music
1: for yourself.
0: Was kind of right. what I was talking about. But,
1: but being fallible is going to play into what happened. Okay, yeah. So he like he he wrote it, he produced it, he played every single instrument on the track, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. And so it but it was his like this was his thing. He also married his longtime girlfriend, and he lost over sixty pounds during the break. Like. He was taking care of himself, and doing okay, stuff he I was like
0: healthy sixty pounds because sixty pounds in two months is a is a lot.
1: Well, they're on break for three years. I thought you said two months. Earlier. That was earlier. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but this hiatus was a long hiatus. That's okay. why fans were, like, not sure what was happening. Okay,
0: yeah. Now, 60 pounds in three years, that's good. That's a healthy... But I thought, for some reason, I was still thinking the two months. I was like, 60 pounds in no, two no, no, months no. is not
1: taking care of yourself. That's bad. And I didn't, I didn't include it, but I did write that he credits it to portion control and exercising. So, like, he was doing it for himself. Okay. Uh. Because, when, like I said, when we went into it, he kind of loathed his image yeah. at that point. So, yeah, he was doing this purely for himself. But during a particularly dark moment in 2012, Patrick poured his heart out in a 1,500 word blog entry called We Liked You Better Fat Confessions of a Pariah. In the post, he talked about the harsh reception of his solo record and his status as a quote, has been at 27. He revealed that fans harassed him on his solo tour, shouting things like, we liked you better, Fat. Uh, In the post, he noted that, quote, whatever notoriety Fall Out Boy used to have prevents me from having the ability to start over from the bottom again. Mm -hmm. So he was having a real low point at this point because he was like, He made this album. He was healthier. He married his longtime girlfriend. He was like, I'm gonna go on tour. Like he spent. I read. I didn't click this either. But he spent all of his Fallout Boy money on like hiring people to fill in for him on the tour, so that he didn't have to play every single instrument himself. You know, and fans were super cruel and like we like you better fat and like you're not fallout boy like where's pete like it was a whole thing and so he got really deep and dark on a blog post pete formed an electronic duo called black cards with vocalist baby rexa oh no shit in july 2010 so that was something i didn't realize either i didn't know that it released one single before album delays led to her departure in 2011 so the album cut <laughs> in a delay and she's like, I'm out. I <laughs> can't do this no more. So she released one song a few months, apparently. Spencer Peterson was brought in to complete the EP Use Your Disillusion, which was released in 2012. So that happened. He also completed writing a novel, Grey, which was something he had been working on for the past six years. And he also began hosting the tattoo reality show Best Inc. That's what Pete was doing. I've watched quite a few tattoo shows, mm-hmm. but I don't think I've watched I've ever seen Ink, which is. So you probably recognize Pete once if you did. Yeah,
0: I was like, I don't think I've ever seen it because I've seen like you know Ink Master. Yeah, watched a lot of Ink Master. That's a good one. I I love uh, tattoo shows, but I've never never seen Best Maybe
1: you should go watch old episodes of Best Yeah, i I to see where I
0: can find that. (laughs) (laughs) Is that on Hulu or Netflix or It's probably on YouTube, if anywhere.
1: Andy ventured further into rock during the break. Uh, He drummed with multiple bands over the three years. He also continued to manage his record label, Fuck City, which I love that record label name. (laughs) throughout all of this though the three-year hiatus the members all remained cordial to one another pete was patrick's best man at his wedding uh the hiatus was all things considered beneficial for the group and its Mm -hmm. members according to andy quote the hiatus helped them all kind of figure themselves out especially joe and patrick who were so young and pete is a million times better so like they all like appreciated the hiatus which it doesn't get talked about a lot, but Joe and Patrick were really super fucking young in the Mm -hmm. beginning of Fall Out Boy, and with how crazy their schedules were and intense. They never got to like kind of figure out who they were as people. And even you know, like Andy, that quote was a lot longer than what I included, but he even he was like, they really needed that as mm-hmm. the kids they were. In 2012, or in early 2012, Patrick and Pete met up for the first time in several years for a writing session. Pete reached out to Patrick after his blog post saying, quote, I know what you need. You need your band. I think it's kind of weird that we haven't really seen each other this year we paid for each other's houses and you don't know my kid. And I was just like, was so cute and sweet and sad. And like about reaching out to Patrick, Pete, like revealed, like he was really nervous. Like it felt like calling a jilted lover. Like he just didn't know how to approach it. But then when Patrick made that really sad blog post, Pete was like, I, I need day, to You, do you need your band. Like <laughs> that's what you are missing is our friendship. And I'm just like, I love them. <laughs> They're so Cute. Uh, This writing session resulted in three or four new songs that they put away almost immediately because they just kind of concluded that it just didn't feel right yet. Like, it wasn't the time. Mm -hmm. Several months later, they reconvened and wrote tracks that felt but they felt truly represented the band uh, in the modern form. Quote, we didn't want to come back just to bask in the glory days and like collect a few checks and pretend and to do our best 2003 impersonation is what Patrick said about it. Mm -hmm. They did that. They felt good. Afterwards, the four members had an all day secret meeting at their manager's home where they discussed ideas and mechanics of getting together to record again. Joe was the last to be contacted. Uh, It was said that he was arguably the most excited to begin other projects because he was so young Mm -hmm. um, he never really got to play around as much as the others and he had a list of stipulations for rejoining the band saying quote if i'm not coming back to this band writing music then i don't want to patrick supported this uh he supported joe's ambition saying that joe quote needed to be writing more like he's like that's fair that's fine
0: it's not like it's a a diva situation it's just like Mm -hmm. I just want
1: to be a part of it yeah and that's fair like he even said it like earlier like he felt like he wasn't involved enough and Mm -hmm. so he finally like if I'm coming back I'm gonna be a writer of the songs and they're like great their main goal with coming back together was to reinvent the group's sound from scratch and initially the band struggled to produce new material and there were quote meltdowns after meltdowns with this recording the entire album was recorded in secrecy from the music industry, critics, and fans. So like, no one knew mm-hmm. when they were recording this or that they'd even met up again. They announced a reunion tour and details of the new album on February 4th, 2013. The announcement included a photo of the group huddled around a bonfire tossing copies of their back catalog into flames with this message, quote, When we were kids, the only thing that got us through most days was music. It's why we started Fall Boy in the first place. This isn't a reunion because we never broke up we needed to plug back in and make some music that matters to us the future of fall out boy starts now save rock and roll and that was the quote um with the image say rock and roll debuted at number one on the billboard 200 rolling stone called the band's comeback quote a rather stunning renaissance entertainment weekly called the number one a quote major accomplishment for a band whom many in the industry had dismissed as kings of a genre whose time had passed the band released a music video for every song on the album in a series titled The Young Blood Chronicles between February 2013 and May 2014. They headlined Save Rock and Roll tours and played at music festivals around the world for one and a half years after this release. So yeah, and then soon after that, they went right into their sixth album. American Beauty, American Psycho was released on January 20th, 2015, and it debuted at number one as well on the Billboard 200. They went on to do more touring appearances, whatnot, etc. On October 30th, 2015, they released a reworked version of this album, calling it Make America Psycho Again. And this remix album features a remade version of each track and each features a different rapper. Their new album, Mania, was officially released January 19th, 2018 and debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 making it the band's third consecutive and fourth chart-topping debut overall. On December 7th, 2018, they received their second Grammy nomination for the Best Rock Album for Mania. In 2019, they were sued by Furry Puppet Studio for overusing llama puppets that the company made. According to the company, the llamas were only licensed for use in the Young and Menace video but were used at live shows, on merch, during TV appearances, and in multiple music videos. Huh. So they're like, oh, we're gonna see Fall Boy, whatever. <laughs> on September 10th, 2019. Who want that case? I doesn't. I don't have any more information <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing maybe Fall Out Boy was just like, all right, we're still gonna use them, because they still do, and they're like, here's some money, like, I don't know. <laughs> but it's like, wow, no one would ever know of you, probably if it wasn't for Fall Out Boy, so calm down furry puppet studios (laughs) on september 10th 2019 they announced the hella mega tour with green day and heezer due to covid the summer leg of the tour was rescheduled and that is currently being completed right now as of this moment well, cool. Um, on July 30th, 2020, the band were nominated for best rock video for the song Dear Future Self, Hands Up, uh, at the MTV VMAs, which makes them the most nominated band in history for the category. And I just have a couple of quick facts here. Like I said, I kind of rushed through the end of everything because I was worried about time and... good thing i did seeing how long skylar's session is going to be they share all band money equally everything is always split equally four ways no matter who wrote what song or who did more it's always been and always will be split equally Mm -hmm. among the four of them because they love each other Mm -hmm. and they are all so cute uh they had to get the real uma thurman's approval for their song uma thurman Thought that was fun. And I love Uma Thurman. That, that was a like great fun. song. <laughs> but, like, they had to get her permission. Well, thanks
0: to Uma Thurman for permission that because it's a banger. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Joe. I also have a video of us drunk jamming on that
1: same night uh, to Uma Thurman. Joe and Patrick both now also have kids. They wrote a song for the Shrek soundtrack, but it was cut. But they did put it on Infinity on High. So, fun fact kids, Bang with the Dole Drums could have been a song on Shrek. Oh, wow. But they decided nah, <laughs> you're lost. Shrek?
0: Yeah. Sex to sucks,
1: Shrek. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're familiar with the song, Thanks for the Memories, you know that it is written on everything without the vowels. So it's T-H-N or yeah, mm. like there's no vowels in it. Um, this is because their label told them that they need to have shorter song titles and they're petty like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was me. Sorry. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why it's written like that in case you were wondering. That's because they were kind of saying fuck you. <laughs> they have their own charity called the Fallout Boy Fund, which provides kids in the Chicago area with food, education, and organic gardening kits. Aww. And then finally, they once raised awareness for the blood drives for victims of Hurricane Katrina in 2005. By like giving away posters signed with their own blood. Oh. <laughs> and then Spotify. Okay. <laughs> so there's probably so much more, but I didn't want to simp too much because I am a hardcore fob with simp. That's fair. But yeah, that's us follow Boy. And Ooh. their humble beginnings. And cute friendship. We love to see it. We're here for it.
0: This is a profile boy podcast.
1: <laughs> Always has been. You don't like profile boy? Fuck you! I don't like you. <laughs> Get out! Stop listening. <laughs> You're not welcome. <laughs> How could you hate them after hearing all of that?
0: <laughs> right. Alrighty, So once again, I am back to talk about K-pop. Surprising. Um, I assumed as much. When I
1: heard the link.
0: <laughs> Um, I was going to do music theory, but I didn't want to, like, bore anyone, uh, because even though I think it's super interesting, um, I'm fully aware that it's not for everyone. Um, But if it is something I'll be into, let me know, and I'll definitely try and do it next time. So, after deciding against music theory, I was like, oh, well now I don't know who to cover. Uh, And then I was like, okay, uh, I could probably do Mumford & Sons, because I fucking love Mumford & Sons. I could talk about Mumford & Sons all day. but all this week i've had one group on repeat like on my way to work on my way home from work while i'm in the shower while i'm going to sleep because i have to listen to music while i go to sleep Um, i've had the same group just playing so i figured why not talk about them and then i could do my Sons another time since like i'm all about this group right now they have been one of my favorites since I found out about them, which was in December of 2017, if you remember from last time. I got into K-pop in November of 2017 with BTS. This group was the second group that I got into in December of 2017, and I've just been on another, like, oh gee, I miss and love them so much, like, <laughs> kick. Um, so today I'm here to talk about GOT7. Ooh, I fucking love GOT7. <laughs> Now you guys have heard me bring up Got Seven before. Um, mm-hmm. when we did our second music video I think I brought them up because when Florence and Machine they did that like uh, series of music videos yes, that had yes. a story. I do um that. I brought up them as one of the groups that had a series in their music videos. And then I also had brought up how they have left JYP and Bam, Bam was like super shady to the CEO, which I was like living for, cause yeah. I think it's great. But today you actually get to like know them, know them. And I'm pumped about them because they're one of like my OG groups that I stand. Literally the second group I ever, the second K-pop group I ever stand actually after getting into K-pop and still do to this day even with them like disbanded. And I use disbanded in quotes, and we'll get to that later. Whereas with the first group I stand, um, which was BTS, I'm just not as much into them anymore like I used to be, but like like no hate to BTS whatsoever, because I really do did enjoy them, and I think they're a good group. It's just like, that's what music is, a personal taste, you grow, and I just kind of like, but GOT7 has remained since 2017. But I, I just say that to emphasize how oh, much I love GOT7 because since December of 2017 to now, they're still like they have my heart. Um, so, anyways, let's just get into this. GOT7 debuted in January of 2014 under JYP Entertainment. They consisted of seven members: uh, Mark, JB, Jackson, Jin Young, Youngjae, Bam Bam, and Yujeong. But it all started back in 2009. So we go back to 2009. <laughs> I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 2009, JB and Jin Young were cast into JYP Entertainment after passing the open auditions. Um, they both tied for first place in the auditions. Then in 2010, Mark and Bam Bam were scouted by JYP scouts in Los Angeles and Bangkok, respectively. So Mark was scouted from Los Angeles, Bam Bam was scouted from Bangkok, Thailand. That same year, Yugi became a JYP trainee after he was offered an opportunity at his dance school. In December, Jackson passed JYP's overseas audition in Hong Kong, but he did not start his training until the December until the summer of 2011. JB and Jin Young, who was then known by the stage name Junior, made their debut as actors in the 2012 t- television drama Dream High 2. In May, they debuted as the pop duo JJ Project with the single. Bounce. The song fucking sucks, but at the same time, it's a fucking banger. Like, I don't know how, it's the same with Got7's debut track that we'll get to. It's like, you know when you see an article of clothing that you're like, it's so ugly that it's cute? It's like, that's how I feel about Bounce and Got7's debut track. I'm like, it's so bad that I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get that. I, I jam. Like, when Bounce comes on, I'm like, this is the worst song I've ever heard, but I'd be, I'd be, be lit. <laughs> like,
1: Gotcha,
0: gotcha. <laughs> so I, it's what's it's like, you know, um, that thing that's going around on Twitter where like people will be like, it's this derogatory, but this affectionate, and I'm like, that's I'm like, this is so bad in parentheses affectionate because <laughs> like, I still love it. Um, the duo appeared again as actors for the 2000 th- 2013 drama When a Man Falls in Love. Meanwhile, Mark Jackson, Bam, and Yoo are Prepared for their debut together as a group. Um, The quartet made their first television appearance on the fourth episode of In That's Reality Survival Program, Who Is Next? When?, which aired on September 6, 2013, and then the seventh and final member to join the group was Young Jay, who had only been a trainee for seven months before his debut, which doesn't sound like it's a short amount of time but in k-pop like yeah. that's insane that's to debut in less than a year of training is like a marvelous like feat like that's a big deal because the average training time in months is 25 to 29 months depending on what you're in the company for whether it's singing acting or other and then modeling um, in an entertainment company is an average training time of 18 months but for an average time I think for singing it's 28 months, and Young Jay debuted in seven, okay. which is, like, a big deal. I mean, you get other yeah. groups, like, uh, Chen and Baekhyun from EXO debuted after four months of training. chan from NCT debuted after two months of training. Olivia High from Luna Luna debuted after, guess how long she had it for
1: her dreams? How long? A day. I was going to say, like, three days, but yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, a single okay. day. Olivia had a single day of time and then debuted. But still, like seven months is a really f- fucking big deal. Yeah. Which if you listen to Young Jay sing, it's like, I get it, why they debuted you quickly. You're like, you're so fucking talented, like it's ridiculous. Um JYP Entertainment announced the debut of Got Seven on January first, twenty fourteen which was the first debut of a boy group in JYP since 2PM's debut in 2008, which was six years prior. Um, On January 16th, 2014, Got7 made their official music program debut on January 16th, 2014. Why did I list that twice? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just to reiterate, it was January 16th, 2014. Um, Through Mnet's In Countdown performing their debut single Girls, Girls, Girls. Like I said, the song, it's Horrible, But I love it. It's so good. Like, it's so bad that it's amazing. It's a bop. Like, one of the lines is, every lady wants a piece of me. And I'm like, oh, God, it's so bad. (laughs) But it's so good. (laughs) It's bad affectionate. That's just what we're going to get from early GOT7 is it's bad affectionate.
1: All right. That's fair.
0: That's fair. Got7 released their first EP, Got It, on January 20th, 2014. The album shot to number one on Billboard's World Albums Chart and was number two on the Gaon Album Chart. Shortly after their debut, the group signed a contract with Japan's Sony Music Entertainment and launched a showcase in Japan in front of 9,000 fans. So they kicked off like that. Um, On June 23rd, Got7 released their second EP, Got Love, with its title song, A. Also, (laughs) kind of not great, but I love her. A is (laughs) so great. I'm sensing a pattern. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Listen, we get like, girls, 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 A, and stop, stop it. They're just, like, they're very, like, techno-y, electronic hip-hop, and, like, the lyrics are just, like, what are you doing, my guy? Um, But, like, they're bangers, so it's fine. It's like, you're allowed to suck. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Which was written and produced by JY Park, um, the stage name for Park Jin Young. uh, Not to be confused with Park Jin Young, whose stage name is J Park, and not to be confused with Park Jin Young in GOT7. Okay, <laughs> JY Park is the stage name for Park Jin Young, who actually owns JY Entertainment. Gotcha. But J Park is Park Jin Young, who's also used to be under JY Entertainment and is like a solo like rap hip hop artist, like art very R&B. And then also the same name was Park Jin Young who's in GOT7. <laughs> There's right. like three of them in this same company right um for their new ep they opted to show a like brighter more colorful colorful image than their martial arts and like b-boy style choreography emphasized in girls 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 in november 2014 got seven released their first full-length album identify as well as the music video for its title track stop stop it like i said also it kind of sucks, but we love her anyways. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I went to a concert, I got seven concert, which I can't now, but I would love to. I would have loved to. Um, if they played Girls, 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 a or Stop, Stop It, I would be fucking lit. <laughs> like it's right. Identified topped Gallon's weekly albums sales chart in its first week, and Stop, Stop It peaked at number four on Billboard Billboard's World Digital. S- Digital song chart. God, that is a tongue twister. (laughs) There's so many like L and R sounds. In October, GOT7 held their first Japan tour. GOT7 First Japan Tour 2014 uh, was the title. Straight to the point. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And made their Japanese debut on October 22nd with their single Around the World. This included the hip the hop track So Lucky, composed and written by 2PM's June K. In January of 2015, um, Got7 was awarded the New Artist Award at the 29th Golden Disc Awards and at the 24th Soul Music Awards. In the same month, Got7 starred in their own, own web drama, Drew Knight, co produced by Yoku Tudo and J-Web Pictures featuring actress Song ha as the female lead role. The show received the Best Drama Award, Best Director Award, and Rising and Star Award at the K-Web Fest in July. Don't know how, um, because it also sucked, yeah. but I
1: loved it. <laughs> Again, I'm so like a pattern.
0: <laughs> I watched it, loved it, it was cringe as fuck, but le- legit was like enthralled for every second of it. I was like, yes, give me more. Hey! <laughs> That's as long as you're involved. Like, the thing about, like, K-dramas and anime, I'm like, if I know going in that it's cringe, I'm like, I still love it. Now, if I'm, like, being, like, it's meant to be this, like, big serious project, and then it's cringe, I'm like, eh. But, like, if it's, like, this is a web thing, like, it's not, like, meant to be taken seriously, I'm like, this is great, I love it, here for it.
1: I get that, yeah, I
0: respect that. (laughs) Dream Night, it was literally like, it's so cringy and it's so good. On June 10th, 2015, they released their second Japanese single, Love Train, which debuted at number four on the Oricon Singles Chart. Got7 released their third EP, Just Right, on July 13th, 2015. Now, Just Right, I honestly think it's good. Some people are like, this is so cringy, but I love it. I'm just like, I just love it. But the music video is a little weird. They're all like little, like they're like two inches tall, and they like they're dancing with cereal boxes. It's very confusing. I
1: think I've seen that. Before. You probably have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was a little confused.
1: <laughs> it's like the one that's like...
0: Yeah, I think I've watched that one.
1: Sometimes I go through, like, K-pop nights or whatever. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I've seen that one. It It was
0: like the preteen girl with the glasses. And we were like
1: and they were tiny they yes. were a little
0: tiny and they were dancing and Bambi Bam was in a bowl of like Froot Loops it was very it was very confusing <laughs> um, Mark realize. was wearing a hoodie that said Puff Puff Tass which I'm like here for it <laughs> um, but yeah so that's just right uh, but it was always kind of weird because they were like saying like the whole song is about like you're perfect the way you are um, but she was wearing her glasses and as they're telling her she's perfect the way she is, she takes off her glasses and it's like, gotcha. is that supposed to, is, she, is she wearing the glasses for funsies? Like most people who wear glasses, it's not for funsies. Me and, see. Me and Brittany are both wearing glasses and neither of us are wearing them for funsies. It's because it's we literally can't see without them. <laughs> like. Like, bad, literally. It should be like the take out the contacts, put the glasses on, if we're gonna go that route, but
1: hey. Yeah, it's not very Hollywood. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, the title track, Just Right, peaked at number three on Billboard, Billboard's World Digital Songs chart, remaining at in the top three for two consecutive weeks. Um, as of January 8th, 2020, because this was the article I was reading from, the Just Right music video on YouTube has over 300 million views, making it the group's first music video to reach its milestone. And as of today, October 23rd, 2021, at 12.53pm, um, it has 3, er, yeah, 387,298,062 views. Not gonna lie, I've been at least... Probably two hundred of
1: those,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah. So yeah, the music is a little weird, but I love it. It's fun. Uh, Got7 released their third Japanese single "Laugh, Laugh, Laugh" with its B-side "Be My Girl" on September twenty-third, two thousand and fifteen. It sold over three or er, thirty-five thousand album copies in the first week of its release and made its debut at number one on the Oricon single chart. Got7 released their fourth EP, Mad, and the music video for its title track, If You Do, on September 29, 2015. Also, this music video and song, a little but we love her.
1: Gotcha. (laughs)
0: Um, It's very, like, angsty, but, like, you look at it and you're like, no real angst is like this. Like, it's very, like, overdone angst, and you're just like... (sighs) But you love her anyway. Young J, uh spray paints bitch on a wall at some point. So like, <laughs> jae the kicks the trash can over. You're like, this is very dramatic angst, but we love her anyways. And it's very like, they all have these like, the the side bangs and like, Bam Bam has like purple. He's wearing a really skin tight, like, cheetah print t-shirt and you're like, what's happening here? <laughs> but if you do, also a banger. Like I say, anytime I'm like, this song is cringy or this song is bad, I'm saying it affectionately because I still (laughs) will jam to it with all of my heart whenever it comes on. They followed up this release with their first repackaged album, Mad Winter Edition, on November 2000, or what? On November 23rd, 2015, with the additional, with three additional tracks, confession song every day and two star on february 3rd 2016 got seven released their first full-length japanese studio album titled moriagateo you would know more than me yeah i know i'm trying to (laughs) moriagateo that would be the correct pronunciation moriagateo the lead single is co-composed by 2pm's Young and features a B-side co-composed by Jun-K, also of TPM. Um, the album placed number two on the Oricon charts. The album features 12 original Japanese songs, which include songs from the first three Japanese singles and as well as four Japanese feature, or four Japanese versions of their Korean singles, Girls, 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 A, Stop, Stop It, and Just Right.
1: Do you know what the album translates to? I don't. Oh, I was just curious. I like, was so is fine. I just didn't know.
0: No, I actually have some translations for later. Okay. Um, but it was just one. a question. Yeah, you ask the question. No. It's not a big deal. I, I could know. definitely look it up though, but no, right off hand, I don't. I'm just curious. Alrighty. So while we let the pepper back in, I googled what Moria Gatteo would mean, and like the first twelve articles were just like, it's this album by Got7. But a Twitter user, um, the display name is Vitamin W Yumi, and the at is J N G Y W Y N G. Um, And they said it is very difficult to translate accurately in English, but basically it means something like get higher, have a blast, or have more fun is what it translates to essentially. That's fun.
1: From that Twitter user. Yeah. And
0: since it's the only translation that's coming up,
1: (laughs) I'm going to trust it. (laughs) That makes sense because I noticed like where I talked about how I've been watching Squid Games, Mm -hmm. I'm getting a lot of TikTok Uh, Korean people and speakers who are like you lose so much in English translation and because I guess for some reason maybe it was a time crunch but the Netflix subtitles or whoever did the Americanized subtitles maybe they were like rushed or they couldn't do it but it cuts out pretty much all of the classism oh which is a big part of the show and it kind of changes a lot of scenes so a lot of my TikTok is people breaking down what's actually being said and it's Mm -hmm really fucking important and it's just like that's why you need to maybe not always trust translations by american companies Mm -hmm. because they don't want just sticking it to the man which is basically what that game is yeah the show is and they cut it all out and i'm like interesting that's definitely important
0: to know if especially if you're watching it's a really good show
1: but it is weird that that all got cut out Mm -hmm. like so it makes you be like what are you doing netflix yeah.
0: I mean, Korean is hard enough to translate to English as it is. Like, in learning Korean, it's, it's harder than fucking Mandarin is. And Mandarin, I thought, was going to be, like, super fucking hard. But Mandarin is easier because there's so much, like, accurate translations from Mandarin to English, whereas Korean is such an emotive language that it's really hard to grasp the full meaning of things without being fluent in it and so to see that it's like yeah I've noticed
1: yeah which and I watch
0: a lot of like k-dramas so I'm mm-hmm. like
1: what all am I missing
0: <laughs> yeah like especially in the like because i watch watched a lot of like romance k-dramas I'm yeah late. I do and, too and so like when they're talking about their feelings like the translation is just like that seems kind of like bland but yeah. then you get to like the people who are like here's what it's actually trying to convey to you you're just like
1: oh (laughs) yeah yeah it's crazy
0: but yeah it's just it's weird that like how vast that korean to english or english to korean doesn't like match very well because you get that in all languages like there are things that in French are like this is what it directly translates to but this is like what it actually means. yeah but with Korean there's such a big gap it's just I don't know if it's the syntax or if there's vocabulary it's probably a mix of both yeah um syntax and vocabulary that just creates such a divide but that's what's so cool about learning it um even though it makes it harder is just to like cross that divide, which is what I think is so cool about language, that's why I like language so much, is to be able to cross that language barrier, cross that divide of language and culture and emotions and that's i don't know
1: i just i think it's cool <laughs> oh yeah i mean i get that yeah but i was just like oh that was interesting
0: but which i think it makes sense because a lot of their a lot of their japanese uh singles or it's like it's like called my swagger or new era it's all just like you know like feeling yourself like having a good time yeah. so i think the fact that means Something along the lines of like get high or have a blast or have fun is like really fitting for their Japanese singles. That makes sense, yeah. Or their Japanese songs, not just their singles. A lot of them are like that. So yes, on March twenty first, two thousand sixteen, Got7's fifth EP, *Flight Log: Departure*, and its title track, *Fly*, were released. Now this is where I stop saying it's bad, but we love it. This song is actually a banger. Like, alright, turning so we, point. We've kind of moved <laughs> up from the like cringy like songs, and we're into like good music.
1: We're out of the high school phase. Yes. Yeah, that's,
0: yes, that's a perfect (laughs) way to describe it, a high school phase. Now, Flight Log Departure is the first in the Flight Log Trilogy. Now, this is where their music video, like, movie comes into play, and you even need to watch the teasers. A lot of times, like, K-pop, the teaser is just a teaser for the song, but their teasers actually Include part of the story, and if you miss the teaser, you're missing part of the story. Interesting. Um, so you want to watch those teasers because, like, the teaser for Flight Log Arrival was like six minutes long. Like, it was a whole backstory. Oh yeah. Um, they're going on like a road trip. They're all in the car. They're laughing. Everything is great. And then the whole thing with the Flight Log series is they get into a car accident, and Jin Young is the only one who survives. He's the only member that survives the car accident. And with Fly, the whole thing is they are all flying like around him and he wants to fly with them. But when he tries to fly, he can't, he just falls Mm -hmm. because he isn't dead, so he can't fly around with them. And that was the first of the Flight Log series. On April 9th, 2016, Got7 entered the Billboard Artist 100 chart at number 45 becoming only the second k-pop act chart on that ranking flight log departure why did i say arrival departure arrival is the third departure is the first one this whole time i was talking about departure i don't know why i said arrival (laughs) for some reason i think arrival i'm like oh yes that's the first but it's not arrival means you get to where you're supposed to be going but for some reason i'm like oh arrival that's the first thing you (laughs) you get somewhere is arrive but no Departure. Um, it debuted at number two on the Billboard Heat Thickers album chart and on the Bilbo- Billboard World Albums chart. On April 12th, GOT7 digitally released Home Run, the second title track for their Flight Log Departure album. Home Run is so fucking fun. It's so cute. They did a dance practice where they're all in, like, different colored baseball tees. It was, like, white, and then the sleeves were all different colors, and then they had, like, little matching converse that matched their shirt. It was very cute. Cute. Member uh, JB participated in writing and composing the song. Got7 held their first solo concert, Fly Tour, from April 29th to April 30th, 2016, in Seoul, with the tour continuing on to dates in China, Japan, Thailand, Singapore, and the United States throughout that summer. Nice. On September 27th, 2016, GOT7 released their second studio album titled Flight Log Turbulence. Um, So Flight Log Departure and Flight Log Arrival are both EPs. But Flight Log Turbulence, the second part of the series, is the second, like, feature album from Got7, Um, but still the second in the series, but it is the only one of the series that is a full album. Interesting. It consists of 13 songs, including the title track Hard Carry, which is a fucking bop. (laughs) That shit goes hard. (laughs) (laughs) And that one is kind of like, with Turbulence, they kind of make it more plainy. Like, Mm -hmm. but the plane is a metaphor for the car crash, but it's still like. The plane crashes, and they're on a plane, but it's still all part of the, like, actual car crash. But for some reason, it's a plane. I think it's just to be, like, turbulence. Yeah. Happen. Yeah, on a plane. Yeah. yeah, turbulence doesn't really happen in a car, so yeah. I guess they were just like, let's just make it a plane for this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it still goes on with it, like, in the music video, like, you see the plane, like, in ruins, and Jin Young is the only one that's interacted with by, like, paramedics. He kind of washes up on the beach he's laying down on the beach but um the other members are like in the plane and they're like walking around and they're around the plane but the only member to be interacted with is Young. okay so it continues the whole he is the only one who lived which just like of shitty, like that kind of sad, a little
1: sad, a little sad.
0: <laughs> I think we also talked about it last time because when I said, Oh, yeah, like, got seven has this that is about a car crash, I was like, A lot of K pop has like car crashes in it, it's yeah, really weird. we did
1: talk about that because
0: like Pentagons, it's like, Oh, yeah, like, Hyun Yu got in a car wreck, and then like in Monstax's Drama Rama, there was a car wreck. It's like, What is it with car wrecks? Like, yeah, <laughs> the members of Got Seven have contributed to the composition and lyrics of 11 tracks out of 13 on the album. It sold 200,000 album copies in South Korea and debuted at number one on Billboard's World Albums Chart, selling 2,000 copies in the U.S. On November 16, 2016, GOT7 released their first Japanese EP titled Heya. The album took third place on the Oricon Chart and is the first Japanese album in which the members actually got to take part in writing and composing. But the album does also feature tracks produced by 2 pns John Woo Young, who has worked with GOT7 before, like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, Fly charted at number 15 on Billboard, Billboard Year End World Albums chart, marking GOT7's first appearance on the chart. And they also ranked at number 6 on the Billboard, Billboard Year End World Albums Artist chart making them the highest charting act other than BTS. Great. To date, only G-Dragon, Shiny, 2NE1, and EXO have landed on that chart. Yeah. So only four other groups have ever landed on that chart. Okay, cool. Um, March 13th, 2017, the third and final album of the Flight Log Trilogy, Flight Log Arrival, was released. The album sold 220,000 copies in pre-orders alone, and with 300,000 or 310,000 sold by April 14th, it exceeded the total sales of 230,000 copies for Flight Log Turbulence. Moreover, Flight Log Arrival placed first on Gaon and Hanzo's album charts in March, topping Billboard's World Album Chart. And Flight Log Arrival's uh, title track is Never Ever, which is. Sounds fucking good. I love Never Ever. I listened to it on the way here. Love it. The music video, you actually get like how each of them died in the car wreck. Like, cause like when Jackson's verse comes in, he hits the wall and then like breaks through and starts his verse. And it's supposed to be like, oh, he died mm-hmm. when they hit the railing because it's like they went off a bridge so he like hit the railing gotcha. and that's when like, he died Jabum died when they hit the water Young Jay died trying to save Jin Young Mark died actually saving Jin Young Bam Bam died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital and Young gi Gyum died in the hospital but you see it in each of their placements like they yeah. put them in each spot in the music video that's like cool. to symbolize like when the actual moment that they died was yeah That's cool. Yeah. And that's a flight log series. We love her. On May 24th, 2017, they released a new single in Japan, My Swagger, which topped Billboard's Japan single chart and took second place on Oricon on the day of release. On October 10th, 2017, Got7 released their seventh EP titled Seven for Seven. The title track, You Are, is co-composed and co-written by JB. The album also features songs written and composed by the members themselves. Following the release of their album, the title track, You Are, topped real-time music charts in South Korea. Um, 7 for 7 is a fucking amazing mini-album. It's so good. I love 7 for 7. She's lovely. (laughs) We love her. (laughs) And You Are is so good. The high notes in You Are, like... I wouldn't even, like, they are high notes, but they're, like, really full. Like, they're just powerful. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) On November 15th, 2017, Got7 released their second Japanese EP titled Turn Up. Simultaneously, they held their tour in Japan titled Got7 Japan Tour 2017, Turn Up. Very to the point as well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is the group's first album and tour in which the member, uh, in which Jackson, did not participate due to health concerns and conflicting schedules, resulting in a halt on all his Japanese schedules with the exception of special occasions. But, like, as more, which I didn't realize for, like, a while. Because, like, every Japanese song they released, Jackson wasn't in it. It was only, like, six of them. I was like, that's weird. Why isn't Jackson here? But, like, in New Era and, like, the other Japanese releases, it's like I would watch the music video and, like, I'd be like, something's missing. And then yeah wait where's Jackson I was like I guess just he didn't want to do the Japan ones. I was like I couldn't figure it out I was like what is happening gotcha and but he has been really he at this point he was releasing like his own solo stuff so I was like I guess maybe that's just why that since it was a Japan release they were like oh well let's let Jackson do his solo things but I didn't realize that it started because like his um because of health concerns and the conflicted schedules they were just like let's just not make you do this extra stuff. Yeah. So that way you can, like, breathe. <laughs> yeah. On December 7th, 2017, GOT7 re-released their EP 7 for 7 as a holiday-themed present edition um, featuring new photos of the members. Alongside the re- the re-release of the album, the group released a performance video for their B-side, Teenager, which was composed by JB. And, fun fact, Teenager was actually the first video I had ever seen from GOT7 and the first song I ever heard. I got into GOT7 in December of 2017 and this was the first one I saw and because it, it was like released like a week ago and I was like well let me watch this and first music video I saw from them, first song I heard from them and from that moment I was hooked. I was like oh yeah I, I need Got7 <laughs> in my life. It's so good. Teenager's good. A lot of people hate Teenager, which I don't understand why, because Teenager is a fucking banger. Like, legit. It's, it's not like the high school phase. Like, Teenager's so good. <laughs> on March 12, 2018, Got7 had their comeback through their eighth EP titled, entitled Eyes on You. The title track, Look, is co-composed and co-written by JB. Following the release of the album, Look, topped major real-time charts in South Korea, becoming their most successful track on music charts since their debut. The album also topped the iTunes International Album charts in 20 countries and the Hanseo's daily chart on March 12th for physical album sales. Look entered the Gaon down download, download chart in third, while Eyes on You topped the physical album shipments chart for the, chart for the week from March 11th through this March 17th, and it is also the only physical album from GOT7 that I own as well. For right now, Look was the is the only GOT7 album I have. I wish I had more, but I'm also very broke. so... <laughs> and i can't imagine that resales are going to be normal price because usually i can buy album from like a twitter seller for like 16 dollars. but now that got7 has disbanded i imagine that price is going to go Mm. up so i imagine that eyes on you will be the only got7 album i own and i still try for her she's great The album debuted on Billboard billboard World Albums Chart at number two. and Eyes on You sold over 300,000 copies in South Korea and was certified platinum by Gaon Chart and the Korean Music Content Association. On May 4th through 6, Got7 kicked off their 2018 Eyes on You World Tour in Seoul. The tour dates continued throughout the summer, selling out shows in Asia, Europe, North America, and South America. While touring the United States, GOT7 became the first K pop group to perform at Brooklyn's Barclays Center.
1: Mm, nice. Throughout
0: May and June, GOT7 simultaneously held a tour in Japan while on their world tour entitled GOT7 Japan Fan Connecting Hall Tour 2018 The New Era. In support of their Japanese single, The New Era, (laughs) which was released on June 20th. The single topped the Oricon charts, placing number one on the daily charts and on Billboard Japan. On September 17th, GOT7 released their third studio album entitled Present You. Following the release of the album, the title track Lullaby topped major real-time charts in South Korea. Lullaby on the album also has an english version a chinese version and a spanish version and an instrumental version okay. and the spanish version is my personal favorite i highly recommend the spanish version just as a little it's very good and their what? pronunciation is like great i love that yeah it's nice um, while promoting the album, GOT7 became the third male group to hold a comeback show on Mnet through their television channel, Facebook, and YouTube. The GOT7 comeback show aired two hours after the album was released. Present You was certified platinum on, by Galon Chart on November 8, 2018 after selling over 250,000 copies. Each member also has solos on this album. Um, JB's solo is Sunrise, Mark's is OMW, or On My Way. Um, Jackson's is Made It, Jin Young's is My Youth, Young Jae's is Honja, Nobody Knows. And Honja translates to something along the lines of, like, alone, or on one's own, or by himself, by herself, by myself, by oneself, essentially. It just So it's like, alone, nobody knows. BamBam's is Party and YouGim's is Fine. The And Me edition of Present You, so it's like Present You came out and then And Me was released as like a edition of Present You. It includes a Christmas special Miracle, um, which came with the music video. When I watched the music video for Miracle, I cried. We're wow. just going to get that out now. I cried watching Miracle. It's fine. As well as added unit songs and a few more solos. Um, and there's also some more tears coming up. Like now, actually. <laughs> One thirty-one a.m. is a unit song from JB and Young J. And I said, which this song always makes me super emotional due to the surrounding circumstances of the song. So... One thirty one a.m. is, like I said, it's a unit song um, that was written and composed by JB and Young Jay, and they s- recorded it together, just the two of them. And it's about, like, you know, it's 1.30 in the morning, you're by yourself, you're feeling alone, but you always have, like, they're always going to be there for each other. Because um, JB and Young Jay have a really close relationship. And so it's just a song dedicated to each other about, like, I will be there for you. Yeah. And then in one instance, JB had a really bad back injury, so he couldn't perform, and young Jay had to perform it by himself. And it's a song about saying, like, I'm going to be there for you, and he had to perform it alone. He started crying while he was singing it. I started crying while he was singing it. I was like, this is just a lot of tears. Oh. <laughs> 1.31 a.m. is just, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah, but it's it's really good. I love it. Higher is Mark and Jin Young's unit song. Um, I love it and Wolo or We Only Live Once is Jackson, Bam Bam and yu unit songs. They have two. King is a unit song from Jin Young and Bam Bam. And then Think About It is a unit song from JB, Mark, and Young Jay. Yijin, or from now, and Yijin literally translates to like now at this moment, from now, so okay. is another yu gi oh solo song, Hunger is a Jackson solo song, and then Phoenix is a unit song from Jackson and yu gi oh all on the and me edition, including all of the tracks that were on present you. Also during the present you era. Each member made a Got7x Spotify playlist. Um, Each one is less than an hour, but it just kind of includes songs that they enjoy. Also, the title track, Lullaby, and each of their solo songs from the Present U album. If you wanted to look at that on their Spotify page, they do have those if you just want to get to know their music taste a little bit. Um, On January 30th, 2019, GOT7 released their third Japanese extended play, I Won't Let You Go, which debuted at number one on the Oricon Daily Album Chart with estimated sales of 22,948 copies, holding the position for the entire week and eventually topping the Oricon Weekly Album Chart for the week January January 28th to February 3rd. On February 13th, 2019, JYP Entertainment hinted at GOT7's second Subunit duo, um, the first one being JJ Project, which I know we kind of touched on earlier, but I didn't go into like a whole bunch of detail. Um, but the 1st subunit was JJ Project. And okay. then the second one is including, and the JJ Project was JB and Junior, or JB and at that time, the stage was Junior. Okay. Um, they had the one Bounce that so I was like, it's horrible, but I love her. Right. Um, they also have a mini album called Tomorrow Today, I think this one is called. Now I'm like, because I didn't write it down, I'm pretty sure it's called Tomorrow Today. I'm like 98% confident, cool, confident it. it's called Tomorrow Today. But then I'm also not sure if the title track is called Tomorrow Today. One of them is called Tomorrow Today. I don't okay. know which one <laughs> it is. But, anyways, that whole thing, musical masterpiece for JBO Project. But yes, this subunit um, includes JB and Yugium, and it's just two. They released their music video titled Focus On Me on March 3rd, 2019, followed by their debut album Focus the following day. They also had their first tour just to Focus premiere showcase tour, and they stopped at Seven Cities in Asia. So, Just Two is the second subunit with JB and Yugen. JJ Project was the first with JB and Jum. And both of them are great. We love them. Nice. Focus is really good. They also have one called Touch. It'll get
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Now, this next one, I had an emotional, like, breakdown and existential crisis over today because oh. they released their ninth extended to play Spinning Top Between Security and Insecurity on May 20th, 2019. I could have sworn it was released like last year, but no, it was legit released like over two years ago. It threw me, I was like so upset (laughs) because I was like how did time pass that quickly? Like because to me it feels like it just got released like less like a year ago. Like there's no way it could have been over two years ago, but it was. It was over two years ago. Because I was watching the music video, the title track "Eclipse," I was listen- I was playing a Got7 playlist on YouTube while I was doing my notes. And I was like, oh, clips I love it. And I looked, and the date said May tw- May twentieth, two thousand nineteen. I was like, the fuck. <laughs> um, and I like double checked, and like I looked um, at the article, and it was like, no, it was released in two thousand nineteen. I looked at Spotify, the album release said two thousand nineteen, and I was like, what in the holy hell is happening right now? <laughs> uh, but anyways, they sold sixty four thousand one hundred and 48 copies on the first day and 200,014,125 copies in the first week, becoming the first group from JYP Entertainment to sell 2 million albums since their debut. The, AP, the EP debuted on the Billboard World... Billboard... I have such a hard time about world... <laughs> Word. The EP debuted on the... Billboard Boor- World Albums Chart at number 5, also coming in at number 9 on Billboard's Heat Seekers Albums Chart.
1: He did it. <laughs> it's really hard for me. <laughs> yeah, I had to say Billboard a lot. It was, it was
0: so difficult. I'm just going to start going blah, blah, blah. <laughs> 40 Bill. 40 Bill. That works. <laughs> <laughs> That's easier. They have their third world tour from... June 15th to October 26th titled Got7 2019 World Tour Keeps Spinning They stopped at 12 countries in North America South America and Europe including Australia and the Philippines While they were in North America Got7 appeared on the Today Show on June 26th becoming the first Korean group to perform on the show Nice, well On July 31st 2019 Got7 released their fourth Japanese extended play Love Loop which debuted at Number two on Oricon's daily albums chart with estimated sales of 15,257 copies. And then at number one on August, thir- on August 3rd. They held the R Loop Tour from July 30th to August 18th. In September, additional dates for the Keep Spinning World Tour were also added. Dot 7 released their 10th extended play, Call My Name, and its lead single, You Calling My Name, on November 4th, 2019. They sold 100,341 copies on the first day and 224,459 copies in the first week and became the first artist from JYP Entertainment to sell over 100,000 copies on the first day. The EP debuted on the Billboard Billboard World Albums Chart at number 5 and also topped the Gaon Weekly Chart and the Hansel Weekly Chart. At the end of 2019, they won their first grand prize or Daesang. Mm -hmm. It's either Daesang or Daesang. I don't have the Hangul, but the romanization is D-A-E-S-A-N-G. So without the Hangul, I'm unsure of whether or not it's song" or sing." I want to say, it feels right to say song."
1: I've always heard that one, but I don't know if it's right. That's yeah. the one I've heard the most.
0: I just need to see the Hangul to actually be able to pronounce it correctly. But yes, their grand prize, which is like the big award. Yeah. Um, and they won that, their first one at the end of 2019. Um, at the fourth Asia Artist Awards for Performance of the Year. They also ended the year at number four on Billboard's year-end social 50 artist chart. In December, tickets were released for the Bangkok leg of the Keep Spinning World Tour at the Rajamangala National Stadium and sold out within two hours. Due to high demand, they announced an additional concert date and the 7 would become the second K-pop group to perform two shows at that venue. On April 20th, 2020, Got7 released their 11th EP, Die, but DYE, not DIE, yeah. along with its lead single, Not by the Moon. They sold 159,098 copies of their first of their EP on the first day and 281,791 copies in the first week, breaking their personal record for the first day and first week sales. The EP also debuted on the Billboard World Albums Chart at number four. It has sold over 450,000 copies, becoming their best-selling album to date. On November 30th, 2020, Got7 released their fourth studio album, Breath of Love, Last Piece, along with its lead single, Last Piece, and a pre-release single, Breath, was released on November 23rd. On January 10th, 2021, JYP Entertainment initially announced that their exclusive contracts would expire. Three days prior to the announcements, other reports have said UGAN had left the label for AOMG. Despite JYP later clarifying, it was difficult for them to confirm what agency the members were in contact with. So this is kind of their departure. Right only one or two members had actually wanted to renew their contracts um but they said that they would only um be renewing it if the entire group stayed together which it seemed very unlikely Um, after discussing with each other they all came to the conclusion that they would terminate their contracts but they would not disband um, which is why earlier i said quote disband it since got seven um does have a really deep bond with each other and connection with each other they don't want to like break up um it was just the company that sucked so they wanted to leave the company but they didn't want to break up that's fair so they didn't want to disband coach shocker that it was the company that was the issue see a lot of that yeah um on january 11th 2021 uh, JYP Entertainment released an official statement saying that all members will leave the company after their exclusive contract expires on January 19th, 2021. Their final promotion was their performance at the Golden Disc Awards. This was also when Bam Bam unfollowed JYP and deleted any and all pictures <laughs> of JYP from his social media. King, love him. <laughs> love Shady Bam Bam. I think it's great. On February 19th, 2021, Got Seven. Um, released a teaser for an upcoming single called Encore on a new YouTube channel, and it was released the following day on February 20th. So, j on January 19th, 2021, following the expiration of his contract, left JYP on February 20th, um, the release of Encore. Um, he started changing his stage name from JB to JB which it's hard to do that in audio, but it was just the letters J and B was his stage name. with got seven, and now it's J-A-Y-B. Gotcha. Uh, Normally, I just call him J-Bone because it's easier, but yes, so he changed his stage name. Um, On May 11th, it was announced that he signed an exclusive contract with Higher Music, an international hip-hop and R&B record label founded by Jay Park and Cha-Cha Malone. Three days later, he made a debut as a solo artist by releasing his new single, Switch It Up, Featuring rapper uh, rapper Sokodomo, which debuted at number twelve on the Gallon download chart. The RB track was self-written and self-composed by J-Bum with J. Park and Josh Malone, who also produced it. On May 25th, J-Bum made his debut on the Billboard RB Digital Song Sales Chart at number six, becoming the first Korean soloist to debut on this chart. Nice. On August 26th, his first EP uh, somo Fume, um, and Somo is Style of My Own Fume, but Somo Fume and the music video of the title track B2W featuring Jay Park were released both digitally and physically. It was confirmed that he will, will hold his first solo global fan meeting, Somo Fume, Style of My Own Fume, on September 25th, 2021, through Banya TV. In September, he launched official merchandise to commemorate the release of his first solo EP, which went on sale. For the merchandise went on sale for one week from September 2nd, 2021, and all the items were sold out in five days. Um, It was confirmed that he will open an offline pop up store in Seoul for two weeks from October 1st, 2021. So that's still going on. Uh, with additional items, which are hoodies and sweatpants. Also, the Make Your Own Shirt Eco Bag event will be held for three days when the pop-up store starts, which tomorrow is the last day for mm-hmm. the pop-up store. Uh, for, or no, the last, tomorrow is the last day for the Make Your Own Shirt um, Eco Bag.
1: Of this recording. Tomorrow as in of the recording, not when the episode really starts. Yes, is, tomorrow of so, yeah.
0: the recording. So October fourth is the <laughs> last yeah. day of the Maker of Shirt Eco Bag. Yeah, so
1: does it really help you guys? <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> On September twenty seventh, two
0: thousand twenty one, he launched his second clothing line, the Deaf Collection with Represent Live Without Regrets and death comes from his stage name which or his like solo name in his soundcloud his um like instagram twitter it's all deaf soul d-e-f soul okay um and then like now his soundcloud isn't deaf soul anymore it's just deaf d-e-f but yeah so his Def collection would represent um look at regrets so that's what jb's up to now he's vibing He released a video recently called JB Reads Search Tweets. I haven't watched it yet. It's in my watch later. I'm excited about it. It's going to be so funny. (laughs) So, following Mark's departure, he opened a YouTube channel which shortly gained over a million subscribers before he had posted any content to the channel. Uh, One of those subscribers was me. naturally (laughs) on January 21st he (laughs) uploaded his first video Mm. Um, the opening of Mark's company Mark Twan Studio in Beijing China was announced on February 7th with focus on his solo Chinese activities and promotions on February 12th he released the single One in a Million in collaboration with Sanjoy Deb an animated music video which which Mark was also (laughs) an (laughs) executive I'm trying to talk so fast it's not working (laughs) I just know this recording has been so long, I'm trying to, like, get through everything. An animated music video, which Mark was also an executive producer of, was then released on his YouTube channel on Valentine's Day. Mark is the executive producer of GOT7's Encore music video, released on February 20th, and a third apparel collection in collaboration with Represent named XC3, which is Roman numerals for 93, um, with Creative artist, artist Agency. We talked about his clothing line before because my broke college self decided that buying a shirt and hoodie from his first release is more important than anything else and I stand by my choice, which I am also wearing now. Yes. I've like, worn it on the podcast before. I'm wearing it again today. I'm wearing my Mark Twan merch. Um, love him. Uh, Mark Twan, if you're listening, uh, can we make besties? <laughs> like, I really think we would get along. We have very similar personalities. I think it would be so fun if we were like best friends. <laughs> Manifest. I love him so much. Mark Twan is, is everything to me. So Jackson and Team Wong currently operates Jackson's international activities. There have been reports alleging Jackson had also partnered with Sublime Artist Agency, which the agency later confirmed on January 22nd. On March 26th, he released his new English single, L.M.L.Y., along with a self-directed 90s Hong Kong movie-inspired music video. Jackson has been doing a lot of solo stuff with Team Long before. He released, like, Puppy On. He released OK, which, OK, if you haven't listened to OK by Jackson Long, do that, like, literally now. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. The music video, so good. It's just, mm, we love OK. Jackson made his U.S. late-night television debut with the single on April 21st, performing live on the Late Late Show with James Corden. In August 2021, he created and joined the C-pop group Pan the Pack under the label Team Wong, consisting of Ice, Jae Shong, and Chi Chichi. Their single, Buzz, was released on August 28th, t- 2021, And now, Jin Young. On January 28th, 2021, it was announced that Jin Young signed as an exclusive signed and exclusive contract with BH Entertainment. BH Entertainment is not the same thing as Big Hit Entertainment, which I kind of thought at first because I just saw BH. I was like, oh, Big Hit, and then I like I was like, wait a minute, that's like literally not correct. I don't know, that's not true. Uh, BH different from Big Hit. Big Hit can be abbreviated to BH, but they are different companies. But also, um, isn't Big Hit no
1: longer a
0: company? Did they rename
1: themselves? I think so.
0: I don't know because I know
1: all, I, I don't want to be wrong about that. Let me check. I
0: thought it was still Big Hit. It could be. It could not be though but I know. Something
1: changed on YouTube. Hold on.
0: Because I know that all of the um, I knew all of the pletus artists went to Big Hit like Seventeen, New East they all went to Big Hit. Yeah. Because pletus closed. They're
1: Heidi now. They're Oh is that what it is? That's what I used to follow Big Hit, but now it's this. Oh. So I don't I don't know what happened, but I just noticed one day that stuff changed, and I was like, oh.
0: Yeah, I never realized, or I never knew that because the most I kept up with Big Hit was when Seventeen and New East and all of the playlist groups went to Big Hit. Yeah. But like, because I, I haven't watched like a lot of, because New East hasn't been putting out a bunch of new music other than their Inside Out. Um, which I guess I, I watched newie's music videos on the new channel rather than the company's channel coming at lunch. Oh shit. damn <laughs>
1: well <laughs> When did that change recently, I think? Okay. from what I because i it threw me. I was like, wait, who is because I was like, what is this subscription that I own now? But
0: yeah, it was because. R.I.P. Big Hit, you will be missed. But I guess you're just vibing under a new name. Cause yeah. I don't. <laughs> so, you would be I. Right. I think you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're fine. Well, you only got the money. You're fine. <laughs> you're cool. You've got BTS. You've got TXT. You've got Seventeen. You've got New East. Which, New East is a personal brag for me because I love them. But I know they're not a brag for money because they're... Not one of the more popular groups, but we love her
1: anyways. And from what I can tell, it looks like the leader is still the main guy from Big Hit.
0: So it's basically just, just under your name. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, he founded Big Hit, and yeah, he's still the chairman of this Hybe. Hybe, Hybe, who knows? Yeah, I'm not sure. Just a little fun music label fact for
0: you guys. Yeah, cool. Just the
1: one thing I knew off the
0: top of my head. I I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean Big Hit's not a thing? (laughs) I don't
1: know a lot, but I know random shit.
0: But yes, so Jin Young signed an exclusive contract with BH Entertainment, which is an agency founded by actor Lee Byung-hyun following his departure from JYP. On July 22nd, he was confirmed to star in the upcoming tv and drama yumi sells as the popular boy alongside kim Golan. this the series is based on the webtoon of the same title and will be released in the second half of 2021 on july 29th he released a new digital single dive through various domestic and international music sites as a gift for fans. The song is based on the sound of GOT7 and was self-written and self-composed. Also, the special clip was released on One the K Originals' official YouTube channel. He made his debut on the Billboard World Single World Digital Song Sales Chart with Dive, entering at number 12, becoming his first song to debut on this chart and his first entry on the Billboard chart. In September, he starred as the main Cast for New York Fashion Week's digital fashion short film Concept Korea New York S slash S 2022 for No Haunt, a unisex casual brand based in Seoul. The film was released through the New York Fashion Week official website and Korea Creative Content Agency official YouTube channel. On September 29th, he released Dive Japanese version through all music platforms. Nice. Young Jae signed an exclusive contract with Sublime Artist Agency on January 20th, 2021, on March 9th, it was announced that Young Jae had joined the cast of Midnight Sun, a musical adaptation of the Japanese movie A Song to the Sun, in the leading role of Haram. Uh, Midnight Sun was performed from May 1st until July 25th at the Kwangnam Art Arts Center. Two of the songs, Meet You When the Sun Goes Down and Goodbye Days, were also released as singles by each, each main actor which what is Young Jane and his um, the other main actor uh, May 7th he released the soundtrack Pop Star for the web series So I Married the Anti-Fan on October 5th he will make his solo debut with the first extended play Colors from Ours is the Album and its title track, Vibin', which is like two days from now, October 3rd. Uh, So be there for that. I watched the trailers. I'm excited for it. It looks really good. This still won't beat out by then. No, it won't. (laughs) His voice is really good. Like, he's, you'll love it. I'm gonna love it. I can tell. It's just, he's so fucking talented. He debuted after seven months. Come on, give him a chance. It's fair.
1: It's fair.
0: On March 5th, 2021, Abyss Company announced that Bam Bam has signed an exclusive contract with them. On March 16th, he received the Inspirational Role Model for Youth Award at Thailand Master Youth 2020-2021 Awards. On June 15th, he made his solo debut in South Korea with his first extended play, Ribbon, and its title track, also named Ribbon. On September 7th, he launched a clothing line in collaboration with Charms. The sales period slated to end on september 30th was extended until october 10th due to high demands uh, and a portion of the proceeds will be donated to support low-income children Yu-Gi-Oh has signed to aomg a company run by j park which there was the other company that j bum was other under that is also run by j park but the same j park who was previously under JYP but then has opened new companies this is another one of J Park's companies okay but not the same one that JB is under but it is made by the same J Park okay Yugim has always loved hip-hop that was his style of dancing and music I mean you can see that in his hit the stage performances um so AONG makes sense for him on June 3rd it was announced that Yugim would make a mid-June comeback his first release as an AONG artist which also features fellow label mate Gray. Yukim released a seven-track extended play titled "Point of View You, for which he collaborated with hip hop artists Davita, Loco, Gray, J Park, and P- Punchnello. Gray produced five of the songs, while Cha Cha Malone uh, produced two. The pre-release single "I Want You Around," featuring Davita, was accompanied by a music video. A music video for "All Your Fault" or Nejo Mutia, Mutia. Ne Ja Motia, for All Your Fault, was released on June 17th, featuring Gray. On June 22nd, an All Your Fault banger. Uh, it came on while I was in the shower. Love her. She's so good. <laughs> <laughs> on June 22nd, Yu made his debut on the Billboard World Digital Song Sales Chart at number two with I Want You Around. Two days later, his first solo. EP debuted on the Gallon album chart at number 11, and All Your Fault featuring Gray debuted on the Gallon download chart at number 15. The members have all agreed that they want to set time, uh, set aside time in their schedules to get together again as GOT7. Now how? Don't know. It could be more music, it could be just like fun, but officially they do own the rights to the name GOT7. Oh, good. So they could make more music under the name GOT7 without being under JYP and without having to give anything to JYP because Got7 belongs to them. Right. They own the rights to it. So they can make more music without having the pressure of JYP being, like, being JYP. Yeah, love that. So that's exciting. So now, speaking of the members, <laughs> let's get into who these sweet babes are. I will try not to go too crazy like I did with the Pentagon, but I make zero promises. But with how long this already is, I will do my best. We are doing oldest to youngest like last time, and I did manage to keep it pretty condensed. I didn't like go mode as much as I wanted to. So Mark Twan, he was born on September 4th, 1993, making him a Virgo, swoon, love my Virgos, um, in Los Angeles. He is the lead rapper, lead dancer, and the visual. He has two older sisters and a younger brother um, who is one of his Twitch moderators, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly. His younger brother, his name is Joey. I think he's his Twitch moderator, one of his Twitch moderators. Um, And speaking of Twitch, uh, Mark's Twitch is Twanzy. Go follow and subscribe if you can. Um, also, Mark, if you're listening, if, if me and Brittany ever get back into Twitch streaming, uh, we should stream together. That would be super fun. <laughs> Casual. <laughs> Casual. It'll be fine. We can play like Among Us or some shit. I don't know. Something stupid. I'm, I, I legit just want to be friends with Mark. Like, <laughs> legit. Just please be my friend.
1: Make it happen.
0: Yeah. If you're listening to this, tweet Mark Twan that I want to be friends <laughs> I'm a lesbian. I'm not really trying to secretly hit on him, I promise. Like, I legit just want to be friends. She's not single anymore. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not single. (laughs) (laughs) He lived in Brazil and Paraguay for a few years. Um, He is an ISTJ. He got his 10th grade certificate from Arcadia High School. He also played volleyball in high school. He was very acrobatic and a lot of their martial arts dancing that debuted like in their first couple of releases included Mark in a very big way. He was the one always doing flips and such. Mark is fluent in English and Korean. He also speaks Mandarin and is the second best at speaking Japanese behind Jin Young. He also used to know Portuguese, but he's forgotten most of it. When he and Jackson roomed together, they started using their own language, which is a mix of English, Mandarin, and Korean that they would just like. <laughs> Put together, like every other word would be a different language of English, Mandarin, and Korean. Great! <laughs> which, as someone who speaks a lot of languages, I get it. It can be hard to keep track of them sometimes. <laughs> he also co-parents a dog with Young Jay named Coco. Oh. Um, which, no offense, Coco, uh, that is the ugliest fucking dog I've ever seen in my life. I don't know. <laughs> dog it's like this little white here i'll show you a picture it's like this little (laughs) white fluffy rat looking dog
1: like a maltese
0: i don't fucking know it's this motherfucker
1: that's a maltese
0: yeah it's an ugly it's an ugly dog
1: my sister had a (laughs) maltese sorry for my sister
0: that's an ugly dog
1: they always have droop like wet eyes they look like little rats (laughs) <laughs> you should see it when they get a bath. They really look like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> like, the white hair turns translucent and it's just pink skin. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, I've had, I've, some of my golden retrievers, um, when we've had them as, like, little babies, since Belle is a really light-haired golden retrieval, retriever, some of her um, puppies would come out really, like, white mm-hmm. fur. And when they would get wet, they looked like that. And I'm just like... Uh, Like that, and so like whenever I saw Coco, I'm just like that is an ugly fucking dog. Like she seems really nice. She seems like a good dog. They love her, Um, but she's ugly as fuck. Coco's an ugly dog. Mark is very quiet and reserved, but once he gets comfortable, he's very very talkative. Much like. Myself, um, which is why I think we would get along. Also, much like you, you're also like that, you're very yeah. quiet. Insulting someone's dogs and I had to make a friend that was crazy. no, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mark has even admitted that Coco was ugly at one point. <laughs> now, young Jay, on the other hand, young Jay and I unfortunately will never be friends because young Jay would die for Coco. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Mark was even like, Yeah, Coco is like not very cute, but like. <laughs> He loves her. Um, He did have some issues as a trainee um, because he frequently fought with the other trainees. Um, That's not very introverted. No, Uh, but like, bless his heart, because he was still not great at Korean um, at that point. So Young K, um, or Brian from Day Six, uh, would have to come and translate their fights because Young K is from Canada and he had been in Korea for a lot longer um, so he spoke both English and Korean and he would have to come in and translate their fights and I'm like poor Young K that would suck to be in a position
1: where you have to translate these trainees fights I would be like no please. I love that <laughs> That's the kind of drama that just not happen in real life but it did and I'm like I love that. Just a pause for translation in a fight.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of gots, it's like early drama, you're like, this can't be real, but it is. Uh, Mark at one point legitimately threw a laptop at Bam Bam. <laughs> like, um, it's pretty intense. Because uh, Bam Bam uh, also wasn't great at Korean at that point, And he heard Mark talking to someone else, being like, should we invite Bam Bam to come eat with us? And the the guy, I think it was JB, was like, yeah, like invite him. So Mark was like, hey Bam Bam, like do you want to come eat dinner? But Bam Bam didn't understand what they were saying. He just heard his name, so he thought Mark was start- Mark was like talking shit about him. So he was like, if you're just gonna talk shit about me behind my back, then I don't want to go to dinner with you. So Mark like threw a laptop at him, and Bam Bam cried. It was like really weird, but that was the thing that like legit happened. It doesn't seem real, but it was. Uh, there was another fight that ended in Mark breaking the car's air conditioning system. Uh, don't know the details okay. of that fight, but apparently they were in the car and Mark broke the air conditioning system. I don't even know
1: how you do that.
0: <laughs> it's all like you could just kick it and it goes out. Like, uh, the, that's like, that's like, like some internal shit. <laughs> yeah, like I don't understand.
1: <laughs> Alright.
0: <laughs> but got seven do say that Mark's good point is that he's very quiet but supportive. <laughs> but he can bring a car to your
1: car's air conditioner like nobody's, but
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, apparently when you piss Mark off, it's like next level. But on his normal self, he's very quiet and very supportive. Just don't make him mad, I guess. He's very to the point logical and he doesn't make careless remarks even if he doesn't agree with certain members. Um, When the other members are very loud he's quieter, but when they become quiet and tired He's the one who's very energetic kind of balancing their mood. They love him. He loves them. It's very sweet Um, His motto is don't diminish your progress just because it's not perfect, which I love and he is one of my alts, uh, like, I think I touched on like the terminology of alt bias and all that thing last time, um, but he is one of my alts in all of K-pop and he's one of my biases in GOT7. I love him very much. I really think we should be best friends. <laughs> <laughs> MJ Jaebum was born on January 6th, 1994, making him a Capricorn a, um, in Gyeong City, Gyeonggi-do, South Korea. He is the leader, main vocalist, and center. He is an ENTJ. Um, he is an only child, and his last name has been changed from his family name at birth. I, at one point, knew what his family name at birth was, but I don't remember what it is now, and frankly, I really don't need to know. His last name is M, end of story. I am, end of story. Like, that's, that's his last name. And he said on Hello Counselor that his parents divorced because of his father's alcoholism, which is why his last name has been changed. But he has a very happy family with his mother and his stepfather. And they have a close bond. Um, but he does not speak with his father anymore. He attended Daewon High School and then was a film major at Gyeonguk University. He can speak Korean and Japanese. He has five cats, including Nora, who is the GOT7 cat, but really she's Jacob's cat, <laughs> and he's allergic to dog hair. Uh, so Coco living at the dorms was not a great friend <laughs> for poor Actually. <Jaybum. laughs> He can play the piano and his favorite way to relax is to take a walk alone or go to like a cafe or just to do something completely by himself. Like go eat by himself, go for a walk by himself, go see a movie by himself. Just something alone, Um, which is like fair. I get that. Once while he was practicing, um, he knocked his head on the floor because he messed up because he was doing his like b-boy dancing, which is like very like on your hands twisting. But he messed up and like hit his head on the floor. He laid on the floor unconscious for 10 minutes until he was found and woken up, Um, and he temporarily lost his memory, so he went home. He couldn't remember the code to his house and slept outside because he didn't want to wake everyone in the house up.
1: Jesus. I
0: was like, poor baby. It had to be so scary. I know. But he just was like, I guess we'll sleep outside. I was like, oh my gosh. He has a SoundCloud where he released songs under the name Deaf Soul, now changed to just Deaf. Defo, go check him out on SoundCloud. He's very good. That was a bad pun, but I had to make it.
1: Um, You get on to me all the time. (laughs) Here you go. Double fucking edge sword, (laughs) right?
0: He is one of my favorite members. He's not one of my biases, but he's definitely up there. I love JB a lot. Um, Jackson Wang was born on, or Jackson Wong um, was born on March twenty eighth, nineteen ninety four, making him an Aries in Hong Kong. He is the main rapper and the face of the group. He is an ENFJ. He has one older brother. He attended American International School and completed up to the 11th grade. He had been fencing since he was 10 and was a member of the fencing national team in Hong Kong and led his team to the 2010 National Youth Olympics, but they lost. I mean, still though. Yeah, and his mom like won a gold medal in um, the national gymnastics, Not, uh, and then his dad was like a fencing coach because he had fenced a lot when... He had been a fencer and then became a fencing coach so he's a very athletic family yeah. he is the most outgoing member of GOT7 and he's very playful but he definitely can get serious when he needs to he is open about having adhd growing up and he still has it obviously but it has calmed down as he's grown into himself and learned how to handle slash cope with it like coming up with little tricks like anyone who has adhd knows that you have to come up with little tricks to help you remember stuff or help you keep on track it's yeah. a big thing for me. Otherwise, I would never be where I'm supposed to be at any time ever at all. But yeah. And he is fluent in English, Mandarin, Cantonese, Shanghainese, and Korean. He also speaks Japanese, basic French, and a little bit of Thai. Wow. I connected that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're so <soul spirit. laughs>
0: Park Jin Young um, was born on September 22nd, 1994. Another Virgo. We'd love to see it. In Jinhegu, Chongwon City, Gyeongsang Nam Do, South Korea. He is a vocalist and part of the dance line as well as being the visual center and face of the group. He is an ISFJ. He has two older sisters. He's very Karen and Karen. Er, He's very caring <laughs> and often looked at as like the parent of the group. Um, a lot of people, they're, like, you know how, like, every group they have, like, the mom and the dad, and then, like, is like, the mother of the group, but I don't like to use that. I just, like, he's, like, one of the parents of the group. Like, they see him as, like, a parental figure. Yeah. Um, but he is also a snarky bitch. He is so fucking shady. I love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) His stage name used to be Junior, but he changed it to just his legal name, uh, Jinyoung. He attended Kyunggi High School and went to Hyewon University for a performance. He does a lot of choreographing for GOT 7 along with Mark and yugen He can also play the piano. He is fluent in Korean and Japanese and is very proficient in English. He loves to read, especially to improve his vocabulary and communication skills. He used to dream of being a school teacher. And his homeroom teacher was one of the people who guided him to where and who he is today. He is my other bias in Got7. I have two, Mark and yugen. um I love him. Please watch he is psychometric. Um, He also played a young Hyo Jun jae in Legend of the Blue Sea, another great show, please watch it. So those two shows, Be a Psychometric and Legend of the Blue Sea, watch both of them please, Jun youngs and then he's very good. (laughs) After Jun youngs delicious. (laughs) (laughs) Choi Young-jae was born September 17th, 1996, making him the third and final Virgo. We love it's a group full of Virgos. No wonder why I love them so much. <laughs> In Mokpyo City, Joannam-do, South Korea. He is the main vocalist. He is an ISFJ. He has is one older brother and one older sister. Before he debuted, he used to sing with his older brother, actually. Um, he got his education from Seoul Korea Arts High School. Um, Youngjae posted a lot of self-compo- self-composed and written songs on his SoundCloud under the name Ars. Go check him out. He wrote and composed 1.31 a.m. with j but he, and this is when I kind of talked some more about how he had to perform alone during the fly tour because of j back injury and he cried. I also cried. Um, he plays the piano and can speak Korean and Japanese. He has a tattoo reading Longa Vita Brevis, which is a Latin translation of a Greek aph- uh, aphorism Roughly translating to skillfulness, skillfulness takes time and life is short, but like the common interpretation and like the denotations of the direct translation or dictionary definition is skillfulness takes time and life is short, but the connotation or like common interpretation of the meaning is like art, but art is more referring to like craft technique rather than like actual physical pieces of art but also includes physical pieces of art but it's more about like craft or technique and like music art books medicine like basically anyone's craft or anything like that is like life is short but it's forever but art is forever and his soundcloud name is ours his twitter is Got YJ underscore arse underscore vita. Like he's all about that phrase. Young Jay is nicknamed the sunshine of the group as he is very bright, loud, and happy. He, like JB, is not my bias but one of my favorite members. Bam Bam was born on May 2nd, 1997, making him a Taurus in Bangkok, Thailand. He is the third rapper in GOT7. He is an ESTJ. He has two older brothers and a younger sister, and they were raised by their mother as their father died when Bam Bam was much younger. Mm -hmm. All of his siblings are well-known dancers in Bangkok. He has four cats, and I know at least two of them are those weird naked cats. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And he also has three dogs
1: now, I think?
0: So four cats, three dogs, I believe. Similar to you yeah (laughs) got what 16 cats and six dogs crazy life um oh and he also has a shredder glider oh yeah he is fluent in thai korean and english his favorite movie is black panther and he's watched it at least six times he said bam bam was actually supposed to do debut with stray kids um, in 2019, I believe it was when Stray Kids debuted, either 2018 or 2019. I don't remember the year. I was there for the debut because I watched their survival show and I watched their like debut release. But I don't remember when it was. But it was like a couple years ago. But he was supposed to debut with Stray Kids. Um, but YG complimented Bam Bam. Um, so JYP de- let him debut in 2014 with Got7 because... Um, on a lot of, like, JYP and YG when they're forming groups, like YG Maker um, or... Gosh, what is JYP's called? But basically, the show where they make like, a maker group. Yeah. Um, they meet up with each other and, like, show each other performances, and so that's what they did, and YG was like, oh, Bam Bam's really good, so JYP was like, I'll let him debut with Got7 instead of making him wait. So, that's cool. Gotcha, gotcha. Bam Bam and Yugim are like best friends in God Center because they're the same age, but they used to fight a lot as trainees because Yu-Gi-Oh was jealous of how small and cute Bam Bam was, so he got treated differently, um, and then Bam Bam was jealous of how tall and manly oh was, and I wish I was making that up, but it is so true. <laughs> they were both so jealous of the other person that they fought all the time. Now they're besties. Um, Love that. Baekhyun also has a very loud and fun personality, and if he's still young, he's just living it up, and we love that for him. Like he's yeah. just, he's fabulous. Kim Yujeon was born on November seventeenth, nineteen ninety-seven, uh, making him a Scorpio. Eight, eight, and that is November seventeenth. Is that not? Am I thinking of a different day? Do what? When's your birthday?
1: Eighteen.
0: Eighteen. Damn. I was close, <laughs> I because I was there, I was like oh, same birthday as Brittany, and then like you didn't react, so I was like, I said, oh, I said eighteen, okay, close. I was close. I mean, it was like November seventeenth or eighteenth <laughs> or nineteenth. I was like one of those days, but when I read November seventeenth, I was like, that sounds right. <laughs> so I was like, nice.
1: this is really close.
0: <laughs> it, yes, and he was born in Salt. Um, but his family moved back to Saudi Arabia because of his dad's job. So he was actually, which is a lot of too much information, but he said it. So he was conceived in Saudi Arabia, but he was born in Seoul and then moved back to Saudi Arabia because of his dad's job. And he lived there for quite a while. Um, later, his tom- hometown became Namyangju City, Gyeongdo or Gyeonggi-do, South Korea. He is the main dancer, vocalist, and youngest of the group. He is an INFJ. Same. I think that's same me yours as well. Um, he has one older brother whom I believe he lives with now. Like they live together. He went to Hanlon multi-art school. He's a very upbeat person, always smiling and considerate that he is the biggest crybaby. Like not in a bad way though because like God seven. they like to play pranks and new games often the target as he is the youngest. Um, <laughs> and sometimes that ends ended him crying because the prank was to break an expensive wine bottle and like fight about it, and then convince the poor thing that they were going to be disbanded because of it, so Yu you cried. Oh, no. <laughs> it was a roller coaster. <laughs> uh, Yu can just needs a hug, <laughs> like some Yu you give a hug. He likes to play the piano as well, um, and his mom actually didn't want him to be an idol, which I understand parents not wanting that because of how intense and fucked up the K-pop entertainment industry can be. Yeah. Um, but He begged her to just let him give it a chance, and for her to give him a chance to prove how much he wanted it. He also did a special dance stage with J-Hope from BTS. Um, he speaks Korean and Japanese. He also has a dog and he has nine tattoos. Now, normally I do a songwreck li- song list of my favorites but I am running late to Britney's right now. So when I get to Britney's <laughs> I'll ask if she wants um, that when we get to this point and I could just go through the Spotify discography and list my faves. Do you want me to do that? Because it is three hours.
1: I mean yeah do you just want to do like your, your top 30
0: present you is a really good one especially lullaby spanish version and i am me everything from spinning top especially one degree one degree from spinning top is really really good and then i would recommend listening to um the new era from the japanese one of their japanese albums it would be my top three for other than the Flatlock Trilogy and Seven for Seven. Cool. Um, but yeah, God 7 is a really good group, good group to get into because of their just like spark, yeah. I guess. Um, even though they are disbanded technically, I would still totally recommend checking them out. Not only do they have a multitude of content from themselves, like multiple versions of dance practice practices. I think, God, Look had like five different dance practice versions. There was a part switch, there was a two times version, there was a boyfriend version, there was a suit version, like, and then there was a regular version. Like, Look was like all over the place for dance practices. And I watched all of them, loved every (laughs) single one of them. Each one was great. But yeah, so multiple versions of dance practices that are, and most of them are for fun. They do like one serious dance practice that they release. And then if they release other versions, they're more just like for fun. Right. The V Lives, of course. Um, they have a series called Got7ing, uh, which that prank about the wine bottle was one of the episodes on Got7ing. And the Got2Day series, um, which is Got, the number two, then day. Uh, which is like where a couple of the members just like sit down and talk for like a couple minutes. It's just really a good way to get to know them. Um, the, got, the, the Got the Stage special videos. Like there was one that was Paradise from the Seven for Seven album. That was Dance Line, which was yoo Mark, and Jin Young. Then there was Prove It, which is from Flight Log, Flight Log Turbulence. And it was Jin Young, Mark, Young Jay, and JB. And just like, even though those were released as sevens, uh, all seven members, they did like a got the stage, just like a little special unit thing yeah. that they just wanted to do for fun. So yeah, they have a multitude of content from themselves, but also a multitude of fan created content like the Things You Didn't Notice videos. A lot of people do a Things You Didn't Notice for the dance practices, which are always super fun. There was the Things You Didn't Notice and the Mic Change um, Never Ever thing that was like legit. I cried laughing. It was so funny. The things you didn't notice in the GOT7's "You Are" karaoke, things you didn't notice in the "Never Ever" cooking version where they made a cake, baked a cake while they were singing "Never Ever." It was just, it was really fun. And so yeah, the things you didn't notice videos. There's like the GOT7 moments compilation videos, uh, the GOT7 uh, guide to GOT7 videos, and like all of that. And I've watched a lot of things more than once. It's just super fun, and there's so much out there to just, like, enjoy. Um, they're so personable, and they just always make me super happy. Anyways, I love them, and I hope everyone else who decides to look into them does as well. Thanks. Hey.
1: Yeah. That's not
0: hey. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember now what I wanted to talk about in the beginning. Oh! I don't want to, like, deviate too much here at the end, but I know we talk about it a lot on here. hmm But uh, Brittany got her wish, and her father got removed as a conservator. <gasps> yes! Brittany was freed this week! Yes! Go, Brittany! Yes, and she made, like, a really, like... Happy Instagram post where she was like topless and she was like I'm free. I was like that's so great. Love that for you, babe. Go, Brittany. I'm so happy for her. Yes, I'm very very happy that her fucking father got removed. Finally, a judge granted it. Fuck that guy. So yeah, that's something I did want to touch on because we cover it a lot. so yeah. sorry, it's the end here. But no, I completely forgot earlier. That's such
0: a good <laughs> update. Thanks for
1: sharing. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so good. Oh, thank good you, Britney Spears. We love you. Yeah, I'm so so that. happy. That's, and there's like a new Netflix documentary I think about Britney that I'm going to watch probably this week. So <laughs> yay! But should we spin Let's spin in. Alright, so what do we
0: get? So for our topic, we got literature, which it's going to be Britney's choice on the book for this time, and for drink we got Skylar's choice, so we each get to pick something for the episode. That's
1: kind of fun. Yes. Yay, everything. Yes. I've been reading a lot, so. Yes. I know what I want. I have (laughs) not. Reading a lot of fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> all right i guess we should wrap this up yeah let's get out of here it
0: is in three and a half hours <laughs> <laughs>
1: take us out
0: guys. okay <laughs> all righty we so would like to get in touch with the podcast where both of us are at you can follow us on twitter and instagram at sip and spin pod or you can email us at sipandspinpod at gmail.com if you want to discuss anything that was discussed in this episode. If you want to talk to Brittany more about Fall Out Boy, or if you want to ask <laughs> me for song recs or YouTube video recs, um, or let me know if you want me to do music theory at some point, um, email us or DM us on any of those apps, Or you can find me at GleamYKS on all social media or Brittany at Lindsay Dream or Lindsay Dreams, depending, but then again, all of our link trees are down in the description below for easy findings. Yes. Perfect. Beautiful.
1: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Not the ego boo she needed. (laughs) But yes, thanks for listening. We hope you had fun listening to us just gush basically yeah <laughs> thanks for listening it was a good time and uh we'll sip with you next time bye <laughs>